There will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Please be seated. Honourable Members, the first item on the order paper is Member Statements. Order, Honourable Members, there at the back. Will you take up your seats? Thank you. Does any member of the ANC wish to make a statement? The ANC. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The, on the 9th of September 2022, the DA's de facto leader, Ms. Ms. Helen Zille, tweeted that, and I quote, the DA has overtaken the ANC to become the biggest political party in urban South Africa, unquote. She came to this ridiculous conclusion from a poll done by a social research foundation. This is the same foundation headed by the highly subjective and biased Franz Cronier, the former CEO of South African Institute of Race Relations, which Helen Zille joined in 2019. Which institute will, will remember for conducting a very questionable survey about racism, not a concern in South Africa, but only an issue of outrage. On the deeper inspection, according to the DA... Order, Honourable Member. Honourable, Honourable Member. Honourable Member. Let's set the tone now for this afternoon. You may hear things that you do not like. And you may interject, but you cannot drown the speaker. You cannot drown the speaker, Honourable Member. And I'm addressing you now, Honourable Cuthbert. You can interject. Don't drown the speaker. Please continue. On the deeper inspection, according to the DA... The poll was conducted among a sample of 3,204 randomly selected and representative registered voters, and that the DA is currently polling at 87% in urban areas, presumably defined as the country's eighth biggest metropolitan areas. Forgive us, we do not accord this latest survey any merit, giving this suspect information which fails to mention the methodology the metropolitan areas sampled where the poll was done and the randomness of the sample. For the most part, the DA's governing urban municipalities via coalition with the ANC remaining... Honorable the member, your time is now expired. The, the DA? <laughs> Chairperson? The DA? Chairperson? South yes, Africa went... Proceed. South Africa went to bed with stage five rolling blackouts on Saturday and woke up to stage six on Sunday. The resumption of stage six load shedding and the subsequent announcement by ESCOM that it is likely to be with us for the foreseeable future highlights the fact that the ANC government are completely in the dark when it comes to resolving the electricity crisis. On 25 July, President Ramaphosa announced his emergency energy response plan, but little has changed since then. If anything, the situation has worsened, as ESCOM has now run out of money to buy diesel. This has had an enormous impact on our economy and the cost of living for ordinary South Africans. But the fat cats in the ANC government don't feel the pinch. 
Their lights are kept on at taxpayer expense. President Ramaphosa and his National Electricity Crisis Committee need to present a detailed roadmap of their plan of action with timelines and key deliverables. And then they need to be held accountable by this parliament for delivering on that plan. In DA-run municipalities and in the Western Cape, we are taking action to mitigate the impact of load shedding. This ensures uh, this includes ensuring consistent water supply, sewage treatment, and power for emergency services. DA municipalities like Stellenbosch and Cape Town are actively taking steps to move away from ESCOM and reduce demand on the SOE by procuring independent new generation and incentivizing the deployment of rooftop solar. This is something we should be doing across the length and breadth of South Africa. So the question is, why aren't we? And I think you'll find the answer sits on the ANC benches. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. The EFF calls for the immediate firing of ESCOM's entire board, including the incompetent and the useless Chief Executive Officer Andre Derede and Chief Operating Officer Yano Behoza. The incompetence and arrogance of ESCOM executives have plunged South Africa into a perpetual and unwarranted darkness that is killing business and livelihoods. The collapse of ESCOM and the failure to provide dependable and consistent energy supply are meant to render the country's electricity utility redundant and very useless. We have consistently warned against the immoral and dishonest intention of handing over South Africa's energy generation sovereignty to the greedy establishment that will influence all spheres of life, including the future of the country's political future. The lie perpetuated by ESCOM's incompetent executive and so-called energy analysis is that the country does not have enough renewable energy to provide electricity when there is mechanical breakdown and maintenance, and that ESCOM is cash-strapped. The reality is that the crisis facing ESCOM is man-made. We warned you about the appointment of Derede and Oberholzer, whose appointment was purely based on the color of their skin because there was enough undisputable evidence that they did not have either the technical or executive experience to manage such a complex institution. If anything, the evidence showed clearly that Gerade failed and Gerade must go. Thank you very much. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. The ANC strongly condemns threats made by Advocate Dalimpofu, the legal representative of Advocate Busisiwe Mkwebani, against Honorable Richard Janchi for his refusal to postpone the sitting of the inquiry after the public protector fell sick, stating that Honorable Janchi will pay one day. Advocate Mpofu went on to elaborate that his utterances was not a threat but a promise. We have all become accustomed to Advocate Mpofu's rents and raves, and his degrading of the legal profession in recent years, as evidenced by his regular deplorable conduct in the courtroom. His sense of decorum is nothing short of shameful and disrespectful. He regularly bullies witnesses when they refuse to respond in the manner he expects them to. Even tells some of them to shut up, as he did during the Judge Zondo Commission of Inquiry where he uttered those words to both Minister Pravin's Gordon's lawyer, 
Michel Leroux and the minister. He was reprimanded by Judge Zondo for his deplorable conduct. He, was, he has now stooped to the level of threatening a chairperson of a parliamentary committee. We request that investigation should be conducted, should be considered rather, by parliament in terms of the Powers and Privileges Act regarding the perceived threat, as no member of parliament may be threatened while conducting their parliamentary duties. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you. The IFP. That's gossip. Millions of South Africans depend on media, be it broadcast or written media. They increasingly use it as a source of information and consume that information under the assumption that it is impartial and objective. However, some members of the press operate outside these parameters and offer subjective and distorted information without context, opening up a space for non-factual and opinion-based information seeking to deliver personal messages are published as fact. This has opened up a dangerous space for misinformation and even defamation. The IFP respects and honors the right of everyone, including the media and press, to express themselves through their work, especially if it is aimed to empower and enlighten citizens. However, we are strongly against the breaking down of people's character because of personal vendettas and doing so using powerful instruments such as the media. It is harmful to the subjects of this disinformation, as well as unfair and potentially harmful to those that depend on the media for news. The IFP, particularly IFP founder and president emeritus, Prince Mangosu Tubtilezi, has been a victim to the brutal effects of slander and disinformation by City Press editor, Mr. Mondi Makanya, or Oscar Kumede, as he goes by that name as well. We cannot allow this to continue to happen. It is something that should be addressed and more importantly, dealt with. The avenues trusted to handle such issues have seemingly taken a very... Okay, the honourable members seem to have lost this connection. And this time was Can almost I conclude up. the paragraph I'm back? It was two lines left. Yeah, just conclude, please. The avenues trusted to handle such issues have seemingly taken a very passive approach with a total disregard for the responsibilities which they carry. We'd like to remind the media and all press outlets, together with their regulatory bodies, that news should be impartial and objective, and anything outside that scope cannot be tolerated and should not be given a voice. Thank you. The FF Plus. Thank you, House Chair. The Department of Agriculture has failed the farmers of South Africa, be it commercial, subsistence or common ages farmers. The most recent outbreak of foot and mouth disease is but the last item on a long list of failures. Only during this past year, we have seen China ban the import of wool from South Africa, Europe increasing stringent measures in importing of citrus, leading to an immense knock for our citrus exports, to name but two issues. Thinking back to lockdown, the department knew better, did not heed my warnings, and auctions ended up being banned for six weeks, a ban the industry could not afford after the prior FMD banning of auctions. China's wool ban upliftment was not due to the department doing a good job. It was due to farmers taking matters into their own hands. And I dare say the citrus crisis will not be resolved by this department and the current FMD outbreak neither. If it were not for farmers being an innovative, resilient people by their nature, this industry would have been in a more dire state. 
The time has come for the department to be serious, not only about food security, but, but about the plight of our farmers, big and small. We need a department that starts listening to its stakeholders. We need to see more effective disease management areas in provinces where FND is not yet under control. We need to see an upliftment of the ban of movement of living livestock, but with better monitoring and disease control. We need the department to be better. I thank you. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you very much, uh, House Chair. In his State of the Nation address, which he delivered in February this year, His Excellency President Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa said that government is hard at work to create the conditions that will enable businesses, both big and small, to emerge to grow, to access new markets, to create new products, and to hire more employees. It was during the fourth South African Investment Conference six months ago when Sandvik pledged $350 million to the country. The launch of this facility is a fulfillment of the pledge. It is one of Sandvik's biggest and most advanced facilities global consolidating operations previously undertaken at five separate sites at accommodating 550 employees. It serves as the investment in skills, technologies, and capabilities. capabilities. The expansion of local product will make South Africans' economy more inclusive and create more opportunities for the new entrants into the industrial sector. We welcome the launch of Sandvix 2022. Thank you very much, House Chair. Thank you. The DA. Thank you. The issue of illegal land grabs has now become a major crisis across South Africa, placing massive financial burdens on municipalities as well as many private property owners. The announcement of the national state of disaster and the moratorium placed on evictions also led to a sharp spike in illegal property invasions across the country. In addition to the excessive costs incurred by safeguarding land under development, municipalities are obliged to provide additional basic services to newly invaded land parcels that have not been budgeted for in planning processes. Money spent on private security and servicing costs means less resources are available to tackle the housing backlog. The unlawful occupation of land also leads to severe dysfunctionality in cities, including the obstruction of infrastructure and loss of investment and value for property owners. A shortage of amenities like clinics, schools, and community centers close to invaded land places immense pressure on municipalities and surrounding communities. In terms of the current law, where eviction orders are granted, government is frequently required to provide permanent accommodation to land grabbers who have been in illegal occupation for longer than six months. This deprives law-abiding South Africans who are patiently waiting on the housing demand database of their opportunities. The situation is not sustainable and urgent action must be taken by Parliament to amend the Prevention of Illegal Eviction from Unlawful Occupation Act. The DA's private member's bill now oh, remember, your time is now expired. The ANC. I will start with 1652s. Order, Honorable Member, you were not recognized. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. 
as part of community engagement program and as part of presidential in Bizo, which took place recently in Sidiven district municipalities in Gauteng. 1,200 title deeds were handed to the beneficiary at Obert Ntombenikosi. The Inviso was aimed at assessing service delivery through the implementation of district development model to enable integrated and response planning, implementation, budget across all spheres of the government. The ANC called for the beneficiary not to abuse the opportunity they were given to own a house by illegally selling the public subsidized house as these challenges not only for the government, but also beneficiary who often became indigent again. The title deed is proof of ownership of an asset that should be handed over to future generations. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, the UDM. The NFP. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> The National Freedom Party notes with serious concern the plight of South African citizens living in mining communities. Oversight visits to the areas of Balcom, Rodeport, Rivoli, and Rivoli Extension highlighted the shocking conditions under which South African citizens have to endure with very little or no assistance. Communities expressed their concern that for many years, politicians have been visiting the areas with no solution. Communities live in constant fear and cannot leave their homes from 5 o'clock in the afternoon until 6 a.m. the next day. It is not unusual for residents sleeping at night to hear underground activities, explosives being detonated, foreign nationals particularly patrolled in the streets with AK-47 and R5 rifles. Residents in these communities are terrorized on a daily basis. Hijacking, rape, housebreaking is on the increase. Mining companies have benefited extensively from the minerals have deserted these mines despite an agreement in place to re rehabilitate these mines and communities have not benefited from these big mining companies who have made massive profit. Despite the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, the South African Police Services and other departments being aware of this problem for many years, the problem remains unresolved. Thank you. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you very much, House Chair. We welcome the recent launch of the Kwampumuza Skills Development Center in Ellenskopi Damarisbeck by the Minister of Higher Education and Training. This marks the beginning of the construction of the Kwampumuza Skills Development Center, which will cost about 105 million. And it is the first intra-CETA collaboration infrastructure project undertaken by the Construction Education and Training Authority and the Wholesale and Retail Sector Education and Training Authority. The lack of training facility, facilities to produce artisans in KwaZulu-Natal has been identified as a collaborative opportunity that has resulted in the CETA collaborating with WRCETA to build a skills development center. The project would benefit the community of Wulindlela and rural communities in the surrounding areas, particularly the youth. Construction of phase one of the project is estimated to be completed in 2024, and about 175 jobs will be created during construction. The center will be constructed on the 27 hectares piece of land and comprise of administrative block that includes a retail business hub, engineering and CETA-related trade workshops, fully equipped for technical training, warehousing, farming, and agro-processing, as well as uh, other agro processing, amongst others. Additionally, the college plans 
a multi-purpose center which will generate income for the center. Students will receive practical training and graduate. Honorable member, your time is now expired. Will be part of the staff complement. Thank you very much. Thank you. The DA. Thank you, Mr. President. The Taipei Flight Information Region plays a very important part in, in the global aviation sector. The Republic of China Civil Aeronautics Administration oversees 18 international routes, four domestic routes, and 17 airports, providing a variety of civil aviation services and is in a unique global and operation position to contribute positively to the geostrategic civil aviation ecosystem. These are just a few reasons why it is important that the International, the international Civil Aviation Organization uses its upcoming 41st session of the of the Trinal Assembly held between the 27th of September and the 7th of October in Montreal, Canada to engage with Taiwan CAA. The International Civil Aviation Organization develops common regulations and standards for civil aviation, which countries around the world abide by to ensure the safe and efficient growth of international civil aviation. As the Taiwan Flight Information Region forms part of the network of more than 300 flight information regions under the ICAO, it is important that the ICAO engages directly with Taiwan CAA, which is the sole entity overseeing the region. ATA government in 2024, a part of good government in South Africa, will support enhanced engagements between ICAO and Taiwan CAA because we are about job creation, economic growth, and things are here to achieve this. Thank you. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you very much. The government must not pretend that they are shocked by the carnage on our roads. The government, if it was innocent, people were not going to die in Pongola, particularly near Amakal Latin area. Our people, including children, are dying on the roads that are broken, full of trucks, and should not be there in the first place. And policing on our roads is only reserved for the Easter weekends. What is shocking is that 19 school children were amongst the people who died in the Pongola accident and the Department of Basic Education is quiet. In 2015, we were told that the national transport policy on scholar transport has been improved with the objective of providing safe and sustainable learner transport. Both the Department of Basic Education and the Department of Transport have the responsibility to ensure that the children have safe transport to go to school. If these two departments were serious, about safe and sustainable transport for learners, they would have heard the cries of the parents in, com in communities on the N2 crossing. The area is black spot with no visibility of traffic officers and reckless tr truck drivers and the same roads have the school learners. We know that tomorrow there's going to be another tragic accident unless something drastic happens. Anywhere else in the world where people have a sense of accountability, the Minister of Basic Education and the Minister of Transport would have resigned in the shame. Thank you. Thank you. The ANC. Uh, the ANC condemns strongly in terms of the murder of a 47 years old nature reserve worker, Amos Nsantla Makaban, by an him for Buffalo on Sunday. You know, it's so devastating, Honorable Chair. Uh, Mr. McCavan, who is originally from Bumalanga, died a painful death at the hands of his employer, who runs a nature reserve. His family is still having a hard time coming to terms to his death. The ANC calls for the police to leave no stone unturned 
in the investigation of this matter and to afford the family of Mr. Makavani justice for his death. We are concerned that the cases, such cases as this, are becoming common in our country. Unfortunately, the killing of a black workers by the white employers paints an ugly picture of racialized violence. The ANC sends its condolences to the family and fellow workers of the Nature Reserve. I thank you. Thank you. Al Jama. In El Dorado Park, south of Johannesburg, young and old community leaders and activists like we last saw in their 60s and 80s during the harshest days of apartheid has been camping outside the local South African police station in the rain and wind for two weeks because they're still waiting for the presidential demented like parliament and subsequent parliaments have shown no regard for the plight of El Dorado residents, like the residents of the Cape Flats and the colored communities all over South Africa. The so-called colleges are the Cinderellas of the Rainbow Nation and punished by prison after prison because of the color of their skin. Not to have a black skin does not mean the presidency and cabinet ministers can make firm undertakings like the presidential intervention plan and do very little to combat crime, lawlessness, drugs, and gangsterism in El Dorado Park. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you very much, House Chair. We welcome the recent opening of a swimming center by the National Sea and Rescue Institute in a rural town of the Eastern Cape. The NSRI has made a six-meter-long swimming pool available to villagers in Tombo, Tombo Village as part of a survival swimming center that will teach the community water safety. The new center is at an independent school in Tombo, the Noah Christian Academy. The village was chosen based on the Na National Sea and Rescue Institute statistics which shows that the area has the highest occurrences of drownings in the Eastern Cape. According to the NSRI, Eastern Cape had the second highest number of drownings in the country after KZN, and they estimate that around 1,500 people drown each year in South Africa. More than a quarter of those deaths are amongst children. The center is built in a 12-meter shipping container, which features a six-meter long swimming pool an office space for the instructor and a change room for the students. The pool is a meter deep, allowing small children to stand in it. As it is in a shipping container, the pool can be locked when not in use to ensure there is no danger of anyone entering when it, it's unsupervised. The swimming lessons are offered at no cost to the community with a focus on teaching children in and around the village. We hope and trust that this will eliminate the spate of drownings in the area. Thank you. Honourable members, that concludes member statements. Are there any ministerial responses? I recognise the Honourable Minister of Human Settlements on the virtual platform. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. Um, I'd like to first Sorry, acknowledge the statement by Honorable um, Powell for the issue around land invasion. 
Um, we do acknowledge, Chair, that the issue of illegal land invasion remains a challenge. It denies us an opportunity as human settlements to be able to plan. But also, I also want to urge that we should not conflate the issue of land evasion together with the process of land redistribution um, to the previous owners, because that remains a critical program for us as government. On the illegal occupation of land, we do believe, Chair, that currently, if supported, because majority of the problem is that municipalities do not have capacity to be able to act within the law, within the time frame that they are allowed to, to do the evasion. We have signed UN declarations and international treaties that also define how we should be able to treat citizens. And part of this work, that's why we will be hosting the UN Habitat uh, Director in the country as part of dealing with um, global action against um, the eradication of informal settlements and slum dwelling. So that when we do evictions are done within the bounds of human rights. The other issue around the title deeds, thanks to the member of the ANC who raised this as part of the work that we have done in Bank, And we've been doing this across the country as we do presidential in Bizo, but also as the visit between myself and the, and the deputy minister, but also MECs, giving back titles to also pre-1994 uh, households who were never given the opportunity to own a title deed, but to own properties. It is overwhelming for majority of South Africans as they receive this ownership of their properties. And we believe this is a critical um, program that actually assists us in transforming the land ownership within the country. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. I now recognize the Honorable Minister of Sport, Recreation, Arts and Culture. Salo. Uh, Abantu abashayela ngokudedengu akesi bacele ngoba inkinga yalapha ya labahlali bayasho ukuthi laba abadriver amatruck badriver kanti uma ke singasho lutho kubona bazoyitshela ukuthi umuntu yonke into ihamba kahle ngakubona asilisi iqiniso lakufanele liye khona kodwa angeke nanini nje ngohulumeni sikubalekele ukuthi sinomsebenzi ekufanele siwenzeke ukuthi abantu bakithi baphephe uyenziwa kuneyinhlelo futhi ezikhona musa ke lungu elihlonipheke kangaka ukuthi ungayi la inkinga ikhona hlala kuyona siyabona thank you honorable minister are there any further ministerial responses there's no further responses that concludes ministerial responses the secretary will read the first order. Before you read the order, I recognize the Honorable Chief Whip of the Opposition. Mr. Chair, uh, while there is the rules do not compel ministers of the of the cabinet ministers and members of the executive from responding to questions or member statements in the House, it makes a complete mockery 
of member statements for only there to be only two ministerial responses when members come here to prepare to bring issues from the ground to the ministers in this house. Please, can this matter be looked into? No, I want to concur with the Honorable Chief Whip of the Opposition. It's completely unacceptable. There are seven opportunities for ministerial responses. We had two from the Honorable Minister of Human Settlements and the Honorable Minister Ntetwa. And that is a matter that uh, will be brought to the attention of the Speaker, the Chief Whip of the majority parties here. And it's important that we do get responses from the ministers. This is a time that's dedicated for this segment. So we'll deal with the matter. The Secretary will read the first order. Consideration of report of Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interest on 2021 Register of Members' Interest. Late disclosures, contravention of Code of Ethical Conduct and Disclosure of Members' Interest. The Honorable B.S. Nkosi. The Honorable B.S. Nkosi. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you, Honorable Speaker. Honorable Speaker, the committee, the Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interest, hereby tables its report for the for the financial year 2020-2021. In terms of the disclosures, all members have complied except two, except four, and these have been communicated to and have responded to the committee in this regard. Some have offered apologies there too and have undertaken to not to repeat same. We are pleased that there is almost 98% compliance with the disclosures in this past financial year, which represents a change uh, in the norm in this uh, sixth parliament. The report is so table tension. I'm informed that there is agreement that there will be no declarations taken. Once we have adopted the report, I will proceed order. I will proceed to issue the reprimand to the members concerned as recommended. I now recognize the Honorable the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? No. No objections then agreed to. Now, honorable members, the charge of breach of the Code of Ethical Conduct and disclosures of members' interests for assembly and permanent council members, which you have been found guilty by, 
by this house is very serious. I'm informed that the members will be on the virtual platform and they will be required to switch their cameras on for the reprimand. Any members, what coincidence? Order, order. Any member not present will be formally returned to by myself, and that letter will be published in full in the announcements, tablings, and committee reports document, which is part of the official public record. Honorable members, the House has now adopted this report, and I Hold on, honorable members, order. The House has now adopted this report, and I hereby issue the reprimand to the following members. Honorable Elfas Mutelezi, Honorable and Honorable Bonani Makubele. As members of this house, I thank you, Honorable, I can see you, Honorable Shengwa. I can see you, Honorable Mutelezi. I can see you there, Honorable Bonani Makubele. As members of this house, you undertook to uphold the Constitution and to act according to its principles when you took your oath of office. You also undertook to perform your functions as members of the National Assembly to the best of your ability. Order. Parliament has created, amongst others, rules and a code of conduct, which are intended to provide terms of reference for members when discharging their duties and responsibilities. The code of conduct sets out the minimum ethical standards of behavior that South Africans expect of public representatives, including upholding propriety, integrity, and ethical values in your conduct. The purpose of this code of conduct is to create public trust and confidence in public representatives and to protect the integrity of parliament. In terms of the code of conduct, members are expected to adhere to certain principles, two of which are openness and honesty. Openness requires that members should be as open as possible about all decisions and actions, bearing in mind the constitutional obligation for openness and transparency. Honesty requires that members must declare private interests relating to public duties and resolve any conflict arising in a way that protects public interest. As stated by the Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interest in its report, CATC of the 7th of June 2021, 
The disclosure of financial and other registrable interests is the foundation upon which the public is able to hold members of parliament to account. And it is through this process that the public gain insight into the integrity and ethical standards of the members of parliament and the institution of parliament. Thus, as members, we have a duty to ensure transparency in the manner in which we perform our functions and to guarantee that we remain accountable as representatives. By your breach of the code of conduct, honorable members, honorable members, Will you please take the process seriously? Honorable member, I'm talking to you actually. Please. No, don't do that. Just take the process seriously for once. By your breach of the code of conduct, you have undermined the principles of trust and transparency and further hinder Parliament's efforts to build and maintain public trust in democratic institutions. The reprimand is hereby issued. I thank you. Second order. The Secretary will read the second order of the day. Consideration of Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Act and of Report of the Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor on Amendments Proposed by the National Council of Provinces. The Honorable M.L. Dunjoa. Honorable Dunjua, there is a Deputy Minister on the platform. Chief, can you just reprimand the Deputy Minister? The Honorable Dunjua is now on the podium and not that Deputy Minister. Deputy Minister, can we have order? When we wanted you to, to respond to statements, we are nowhere to be found. Just close that thing. Thank you, Chief Work. Thank you. Order, Honorable Members. Order, the Honorable Dunjua. Order, Honorable Members. From September 2021, National Council of Provinces. Zikumila Gunje, on page 15 in line 51, after list to omit 30 
and to substitute with 60 days. The reason for that is to give stakeholders enough time to consult and communicate. Clause 43 on page 16 in line 52, to omit 2001 and substitute with 2022, because members will remember that the NCOP dealt with this in this year. Clause 63 on page nine, on page 24, in line 26, after domestic, to omit workers and to substitute employees. The reason is that on this one, all acts in terms of the labor duration, in terms of the, of the basic conditions of Employment Act and LRA talks to employees. On page 24 in line 28, after act to omit again 2021 and substitute with 2022. Same applies in clause 64 on page 24 in line 34, after act to also omit 2021 and to substitute with 2022. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honourable members, as there is no list of speakers, I now recognise the Honourable Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Thank you very much, House Chair. House Chair, I move that the report be adopted by this August House. Thank you. Thank you. I will now recognise political parties wishing to make a declaration, the opportunity to do so. The DA. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. The Democratic Alliance has no objection to the amendments proposed by the National Council of Provinces insofar as the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment or COIDA bill is concerned. In essence, they do little more than alter the year of the amendment bill from 2021 to 2022 and replace the term domestic workers with domestic employees. Even though the COIDA bill now includes domestic employees within the ambit of the compensation fund, which is a welcome development, it remains a fundamentally flawed piece of legislation. The DA is opposed to it for all the reasons that we set out when the bill was debated in the National Assembly just over a year ago. But what has transpired since the bill's adoption is deeply disturbing and merits attention here. The day after this House rose for the recess in September 2021, ahead of the local government elections, the Minister of Employment and Labour deliberately set out to undercut the thrust of the COIDA bill. He gazetted a series of draconian and irrational regulations pertaining to the compensation fund, which aimed to unstitch Parliament's legislative work. Earlier drafts of the COIDA bill contained a disastrous clause that sought, for no sound reason, to prevent medical service providers from ceding their occupational injuries and diseases claims to third-party pre-funders and administrators. The DA vociferously opposed the clause, as did various industry stakeholders. We all pointed out the great damage that its inclusion would cause. Medical service providers would have been denied their rights, 
injured workers would have been prevented from getting treatment and employers would have been placed at risk for no rhyme or reason. Eventually, the offending clause was removed and the National Assembly adopted the Coida Bill. The legislation now requires third parties to register with the Compensation Fund in a prescribed manner within six months of the commencement of the bill, of the amended act. Yet no sooner had the bill been adopted by the National Assembly than the Compensation Fund Commissioner published regulations gazetted by the minister that effectively reintroduced the original clause by stealth. This move was underhanded. It was executed in the very worst faith. The minister should be ashamed of what happened. He cynically abused his executive power to ride roughshod over the legislature. He sought to avoid parliamentary scrutiny and evade public oversight. Although the regulations were subsequently withdrawn pending the threat of legal action, the minister and the compensation fund continue to wage a war against third-party administrators. They are determined to prevent these entities from transacting with the fund, even though third parties are for all intents and purposes the only functioning link in the chain of administration regarding medical claims related to occupational injuries and diseases. The compensation fund is almost entirely dysfunctional. It has been dysfunctional for decades. Internal controls are absent. The changeover to the CompEasy system has been fraught with disaster. There is a massive backlog in processing claims and payments. Chaos reigns supreme. And nothing in the Coidable will do anything to change that state of affairs or to strengthen the compensation fund as an institution. For 10 years, the Auditor General has published disclaimers and adverse opinions on the fund. The office of the AG has even indicated that were it not for the fact that the law requires it to audit the fund, it would have withdrawn from the task altogether. That's how bad things are. That's how deep the rot goes. So, as Parliament finalizes the Coida Bill, let's remember, firstly, that the job of fixing the fund and making it fit for purpose won't be solved by the statute. And secondly, Honourable Chairperson, the minister should stop trying to scapegoat third-party administrators for the compensation fund's own failures and take some personal responsibility. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chair. The EFF supports the committee report. The Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill was adopted by the National Assembly and it is bad because the NCOP proposed minor amendments, which we agreed to as the committee. House Chair, allow us to use this opportunity to raise more urgent and pressing issues facing the Compensation Fund at the moment. When we were, pressing, when we were processing the bill, we brought to the attention of the committee many shenanigans happening at the compensation fund and the conduct of the commissioner who treat the fund as his own private company and do as he pleases. This is despite shocking reports by the auditor general, but because he is close to the director general, everyone is willing to look away and pretend there is no crisis. 
a company called Rineris Technologies, owned by a 23-year-old without necessary licenses and experience, is appointed for a contract of more than 200 million. The system that was introduced to solve backlogs, fraud and inefficiencies has collapsed and we are told that currently the compensation fund is not making payments on claims. The commissioner was at SCOPA a week ago and told us that they have uncovered fraud by some of the employees, but to this day, no one has been arrested or reprimanded. The minister keeps blaming some shade or third party that seeks to collapse the compensation fund. And if he continues with this attitude, one day he is going to wake up to a compensation fund that is on its knees. And he is going to claim innocence like we didn't want him. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The IFP. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, the amendment of this bill has been a long time coming. This amendment represents a recognition by the government of South Africa's hard-working citizens in all sectors, from our minds to our homes. It acknowledges the reality of overcrowded court roles and provides channels and changes for greater accountability. The amendment allows the commissioner to perform certain functions that previously were performed by the director general. And a new chapter introduces the appointment of inspectors for compliance and enforcement. These inspectors hold um, power and responsibility as as inspectors hold both power and, and responsibility as the compliance orders they the issue ultimately becomes orders of the court. The amendments also represent constitutional victory for our country and citizens as domestic workers previously excluded from the protection granted by the Act have now been included. Employees are further supported by the bill as it provides for issues pertaining to the rehabilitation, the integration and return to work of employees following occupational injuries or diseases. These measures will compel employers to make uh, sure that all the alternative avenues have been exhausted before commencing on the processes of dismissal. When the bill is enacted, the expectation placed upon employers is that they will revise their disciplinary practices in order to align with the bill. The time and capacity requirements for these revisions must be acknowledged. In theory, the aforementioned uh, represents significant potential for overall positive outcome. However, it must be recognized that the benefits of this amendment are conditional on the capacity of our government uh, holds for its effective implementation as well as the integrity of the inspectors the bill makes provision for. The undeniable reality of our country is that we have top-tier legislation and strategy, but often stumble when it comes to practical application. The IFP supports this report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member.
the FF Plus. Thank you, House Chair. Honorable House Chair, the Freedom Front Plus does not support this amendment bill, nor do we accept the committee's report on the amendments proposed by the NCOP. Legislation is amended to address a certain evil. Though we do agree that domestic employees must be included under the protection offered by the Act, we cannot support most of the remainder of the amendments. The greatest evil that must be addressed at the compensation fund is not a legislative one. It is that of poor management, poorer administration, and the lack of accountability and consequence management. Die VF Plus teken ook ten sterkste beswaar aan ten die onderduimse wijze waarop die entiteit in die Departement van Arbeid en Werkskepping onder leiding van die minister sekere bepalings in die wijzigingswet probeer om seil door middel van regulaties wat steeds derde partij administrateurse werkzaamhede en die sessie van medische faktere poog te voorkom. Hierdie administrateurs is dikwils die enigste partijen wat tussen medische dienstverskaffers en die totale anarchie by die fonds staan en sal samenwerking met hulle eerder tot meer doeltreffende administratie lei. No number of legislative amendments will eradicate the problems that injured workers and medical service providers experience with the compensation fund. It is a management and institutional culture problem that stretches right from the top, starting with the minister of this department. Fix the leadership first. I thank you, House Chair. Thank you. The ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the ACDP is not opposed to these amendments as proposed by the NCOP but has certain reservations on the totality of the amendment bill, as expressed by other speakers. Clearly, domestic employees must be included. However, we share the concerns about third-party administrators that were initially in and then out, and the attempts through gazetting to remove the important role that they play. And clearly, of course, the disclaimers and qualified opinions by the Auditor General are hugely concerning and do reflect on the management of the Occupational Commission. Chairperson, what is important as we come out of a COVID-19 vaccination and uh, issues and side effects is to note that in terms of a notice published last year by the Compensation Commissioner, in terms of Section 6A, the Compensation Fund will cover employees for injuries, illnesses, or death as a result of receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. And why is this important? Because if the Commission is dysfunctional, how will they cover those vaccine injuries? And we know that as of April this year, there were 5,566 complaints received relating to vaccine side effects that had been lodged, but none had been paid out by the vaccine injury, no fault, compensation scheme. Now, you would think an employee where there is mandatory vaccination would be able to claim from the employer. They not Declaration from Good, the NFP. Thank you, House Chairperson. The National Freedom Party does not have any opposition to this amendment, indeed. 
we welcome the amendment particularly on the added protection that domestic workers will receive. Our biggest concern, however, Chairperson, is, and I think we must appreciate the fact there are two different aspects to this. One is the amendments, but the other problem is the state of this particular institution, the compensation for occupational injury and disease. Now, it is no doubt about it that this particular entity is in a state of crisis, very poorly managed. However, I think the amendments that is supported here, I think, will go a long way in providing some level of protection, particularly to em- employees that have been deprived as a result of the common law right to claim damages against the employees, putting them in a disadvantaged position. A new chapter has been introduced related to the appointment of inspectors and regarding enforcement and compliance. The proposed amendments in the Compensation for Painful Injury and Disease Amendment Bill have introduced harsher penalties, which must be welcomed, be levied upon employers with our unlawful conduct in connection with workers' compensation. Additionally, employees involved in an accident on a public order will now be required to claim from the road accident fund. The bill also has also introduced the concept of a multidisciplinary employee-based process to be employee rehabilitation, reintegration, and return to work processes will be undertaken. The National Freedom Party supports the amendment. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. The AIC? No, Honorable Chair, the AIC supports the, the report, but no declaration. Thank you. Cope? The PAC, Al Jama, the ANC, Austria, Siabulis, Quintry Onke, Bapatiswa, Nososwepu. Kanti Nabobonke Abamemele Pasmulisa Sisamkela Lengelo Yel Yosisomelo Se Koita Pil Kubaleki Luguti Sikalise Kalas Lung Se Isi in Tetwezenzuayo Ezinga Pushang In Tetokala Eti The Compensation Fund has been dysfunctional for years. That area was raised by us. After years of silence by this party next to me, the negative audit outcomes of that fund were never raised consecutively until we raised them. What burdens them now is that the service providers who have been benefiting through that stealth of silence is that now they are forced to register and follow proper procedures so that they are able then to account not just to themselves but also to the beneficiaries who are injured workers. Until such time that they comply, the new system that has been introduced is going to deal with them, Honorable Cardo. House Chairperson, as already indicated that on the 24th of August, we accepted the, the, bill, the amendment bill dealing with all, all sections, that is clauses 39, 43, 63, and 64, which were referred to the NCOP. We appreciate the work that has been done by the NCOP 
including ensuring that the bill is properly aligned to the principal act. House Chairperson, it is proper to give context to the process leading to this final day with regard to this amendment point bill. On the 1st of June 2011, which is my birthday, in Geneva, in Geneva, the International Labour Organization convened its 100 General Assembly and in line with the commitment of promoting decent work, with it, in line with its declaration on fundamental principles and rights at work and declaration on social justice and fair globalization, which was adopted on the 16th of June in 2011 as part of that 100th assembly. Convention 189, which is commonly referred to as the Domestic Workers Convention, was adopted. This groundbreaking convention outlines a set of measures that member states fo must follow in the event that they adopt that convention. Uh, the various articles that outline uh, key provisions that we need to note for this day, that include that articles 13 and 14 of this con convention clearly outlines the step that must be undertaken to, that includes declaring that every domestic worker has the right of a safe and healthy working environment which is what is captured on Article 13. The second area that is important is captured on Article 14 that, that, go, that goes uh, to ensure that domestic uh, workers enjoy conditions no less favorable than those applicable to workers generally in respect of social security protection, including with respect to maternity. It goes further, House Chair, to include Article 11, which also talked to the issue of the introduction of national minimum wage, a progressive step that we have already covered as this progressive government. House Chairperson, the DA has many problems, big and small. One of these many problems of the DA is the inability to see the bigger and broader picture, which has been seen by the ILO. Secondly, the DA has, has constructed for themselves this narrow and selfish path underpinned by their neoliberal ideology, which advocates for few to benefit whilst excluding the majority and the downtrodden in particular. Theirs is a deregulated market that allows for markets to prevail at the expense of blood and sweat of workers, west of those who are the ones who are in fact working in their households. So it is very difficult to listen to DA because they are the alarmist of note and they care less about the majority of South Africans who are vulnerable. Their interest is more on those who are comfortably making money at the expense of those who are used and exploited, whose life and limb in the process of that, who lose the life and limb in the process of that profit maximization. As we speak, House Chair, there are some employers who dismiss employees on the basis of occupational injuries and diseases, which were sustained at the workplace. The amendments introduce, introduce rehabilitation, reintegration, and the return to work of those employees to cushion them from the inhuman practice of, of the employer. For a very long time, honorable members, domestic workers were excluded from the definition of, of the employee. The amendments are now saying domestic workers are also employees, 
and therefore the coverage of occupational injuries and diseases, as well as the improvement of compensation benefits to employees must reach these previously excluded vulnerable workers. The DA's objection to the entirety of the bill is really a demonstration of all, for all to see how brutal and vicious that party can be. Just listen to this one. Clause 43 seeks to amend Section 73 of the Act to expressly provide for the reopening of the claims that after the experience of the two years, uh, that is in, t- in, in, in the incidence of accidents which the the DA vehemently opposes. House chairperson part of Clause 43 simply aimed at regulating service providers with a point that I've covered earlier on, who prey on innocent workers when injured and submit claims to the compensation fund. It is simply asking for their true identities, their organizations and companies. It imposes an orderly, regulated and responsible process the DA has a fictitious side, which was presented by Honorable Cardo here with regard to, to Clause 43. House Chairperson and Honorable Members, when it comes to these amendments being practically implemented without any unintended consequences, we have looked deeper into that. And as we, and as we refused to look... Honorable Member, your time has now expired. Thank you. ANC... Order, honourable members. Order. Are there any objections to the motion as moved by the chief of the majority party that the bill as amended be passed? Are there any objections? Please note the objection of the Democratic Alliance. Objection will be noted. And honourable members, order. And the ACDP, thank you, Chair. The ACDP. As well as the FF Plus, please, Chair. And the FF plus. Honorable members, with those objections, the amendments is agreed to. The bill will be sent to the president for assent. The secretary will read the third order. Consideration of draft notices determining the salaries and allowances of public protector. Deputy Public Protector and Commissioners of South African Human Rights Commission, with effect from 1 April 2021. I now recognize the chairperson of the committee, the Honorable Magwanishe, who will introduce the report. The Honorable Magwanishe. Is the Honourable Member on the platform? Thank you, Honourable Members. Honourable Members. Honourable members, it seems to me the member has difficulty getting onto the platform. I now recognize another member of the committee who will introduce a report. Honourable Chair, 
in the case of the public protector versus the Maryland Guardian and others, the court made the following remarks. The constitution upon which the nation is founded is a grave solemn promise to all its citizens. It includes a promise of representative and accountable government functioning within a framework of pockets of independence that are provided by the various independent institutions. One of these independent institutions is the Office of the Public Protector. The Office of the Public Protector is an important institution. It provides what will often be a last defense against bureaucratic oppression and against corruption and malfeasance in public office that is capable of insidiously destroying the nation. If that institution falters or finds itself undermined, the nation loses an indispensable constitutional guarantee. Chairperson, the, the preamble of the Constitution of South Africa contains the commitment to, amongst other things, establish a society based on democratic values, social justice, and fundamental human rights, lay the foundation for a democratic and open society in which government is based on the will of the people and every citizen is equally protected by law and improve the quality of life of all its citizens and free the potential of each person. The Commission for the Remuneration of Public Representatives makes recommendations for members of the executive, provincial legislatures, councillors, traditional leaders, and Chapter 9 office bearers. In making its determination, the Remuneration Commission considered submissions from stakeholders, the fiscal co uh, uh, condition of the state, uh, the, the wage bill, the impact of the salary increment on the fiscal and the general economic status of the country. The Remuneration Commission recommended a 3% increase. The president then considered that report and submitted his determination to the Speaker of the National Assembly. The determination is with effect from the 1st of April 2021. The relevant office bearers of Chapter 9 institutions, which are linked to the Department of Justice and Correctional Services, requiring the approval by this August House are the Public Protector, the Deputy Public Protector, the South African Human Rights Commission Chairperson, the Deputy Chairperson, Pool and Python Commissioners. We table this report for endorsement. I thank you. Honorable Members, I will now recognize political parties wishing to make a declaration, the opportunity to do so. The DA. House Chair. Both of these institutions, the Public Protector and the Human Rights Commission, were established in terms of Chapter 9 of the Constitution with a primary aim and purpose of strengthening our constitutional democracy. The Constitution also determines that these institutions are independent, subject only to the Constitution and the law, and that they must be impartial and must exercise their powers and perform their functions without fear, favor, or prejudice. Other organs of state through legislative and other measures must assist and protect these institutions to ensure their independence, impartiality, dignity, and effectiveness. One of the ways in which this is done, our chairs through the annual appropriation and the approval of remuneration of office bearers of these institutions. We are very worried. And when I say so, 
I do this in the spirit of supporting these institutions as potentially invaluable constitutional instruments about the independence and the impartiality of these institutions and whether their duties and functions are always being performed in such a manner that our constitutional democracy is being strengthened and supported. We are very worried that the Human Rights Commission is unfortunately seen as ineffectual in relation to its primary function, as set out in the Constitution, namely the monitoring and assessment of the observance of basic human rights, the right to access to sufficient food and water, as enshrined in the Bill of Rights, has been trampled on over many years by the ineptitude, the maladministration and the corruption that characterizes the, this ANC government. As we speak, Chair, 80% of South African households now skip at least one meal a day. And 40% of households face a real struggle to put food on the table. One in five South Africans do not have access to clean water. 20% of schools have no access to water. And 45% of clinics have no access to water. Yet, what we are being faced with is silence on the part of the Human Rights Commission. Our plea to this commission today is to, for once, display a real commitment to their constitutional role and use their powers to take to task this government that has allowed access to clean water and sufficient food of South Africans to slide backwards in a significant manner. Our plea to the public protector is to give all complaints it received the same attention, not only those high-profile political complaints. Please remember that you are a vital instrument in ensuring equality before the law for ordinary South Africans. It is for this purpose that you both exist, and it's for this purpose, Chair, that we begrudgingly support the, the, the remuneration of these institutions. I thank you. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, Chairperson, Chapter 9 institutions are crucial for the health of our democracy. They serve as a constant reminder to those in power that the exercise of that power must always be within the law. The Office of the Public Protector has been relentless in its pursuit of justice for the poor and for the marginalized and insistent on having the executive and other government departments honor their legislative and policy mandates. It is for this reason that the women and men who lead these institutions must be women and men of unflinching moral status, who refuse to be used by the executive to hide their flirting with illegality. Equally, these women and men must be remunerated sufficiently. The report of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services indicates that the Independent Commission on the Remuneration of Public Servants recommended that the remuneration of the Public Protector, Deputy Public Protector and Commissioners of the South African Human Rights Commission be increased by 3% with effect of April 2021. The President has accepted this recommendation and we too shall accept it. We are of the view that these adjustments are necessary taking into account, into account these difficult economic times that we are currently on. We also want to take this opportunity to recommend and to commend the excellent work done by the public protector, advocate Usisiwem Kobani, up until she was removed from office by the president in a manner the Western Cape High Court described as unlawful.
As people who admire her work, we cannot wait for her to get back to the office and lead that institution in investigating all cases lodged with, with an impartial and fearless manner without regard for the office of those invest- who are investigated occupy. The Deputy Public Protector has many lessons to learn from Advocate Mkwabana in this regard, and she can demonstrate her impartiality by stop dancing to the tunes of the executive and release the report on the Palapala investigation without delay. So therefore, we support this report. Thank you. Thank you. The IFP. The IFP. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. I was waiting for one more time because my members surprise me sometimes. They, they, they come on when I am sitting in the front. Honorable Chairperson, South African law and the Constitution provide a comprehensive and dependable framework through which to determine the salaries and allowances of those who lead and capacitate our Chapter 9 institutions. As the IFP, we honor the rigorous framework and legal due diligence paid to the process of determining these allowances and therefore we approve these salaries. The Public Protector and the South African Human Rights Commission have been established to promote rights and to strengthen our constitutional democracy. They play one of the most vital oversight roles in our government and in society with a particular focus on the rights and lives of our citizens and the South African public. The task set out before both those in the Office of the Public Protector and those in the Human Rights Commission are far from easy, but could not be more important. In South Africa's history, we have seen the power these institutions can have to redeem and rectify injustice. Therefore, we understand and support the need for significant financial capacitation. This said, our acceptance comes with expectations. These expectations are not only those of the IFP, but represent the reasonable expectations of all South African citizens. Chapter 9 institutions give substance to the constitutional rights of the South African people. The salaries being accepted must be used to ensure that good, competent people with integrity are put in place within these institutions. These salaries must be used to capacitate those within these roles to exercise their powers and perform their functions without fear, favor, or prejudice. The salaries and allowances must be seen as a representation of the importance placed on these roles and must be a statement about the need for competence within Chapter 9 institutions. They must also be seen as a way to hold those in positions accountable for the work that they must do. We believe that these salaries have the potential to minimize the risk of corruption and are able to fully capacitate those within these roles to perform to the highest standards. The IFP accepts the report. Thank you. Thank you. The FF+. Plus. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The old South Africa was a parliamentary sovereignty in which the role of parliament was supreme. The new South Africa is a constitutional democracy in which the constitution is supposed to be supreme. The founders of the constitution created six new institutions as well as the positions of the public protected to strengthen constitutional democracy in South Africa and guaranteed their independence as institutions. These institutions should be impartial and exercise their powers and perform their functions without fear, favor, or prejudice on the basis that they are subject only to the constitution and the law of South Africa. Thank you. The ACDP. Uh, no declaration. Thank you. 
Give the UDM, ATM, good, NFP. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. The National Freedom Party supports the 3% salary increment for all public officers for the financial year 21-22. That's particularly the public protector, deputy public protector and commissioners of the South African Human Rights. A very important office, of course, of the public protector. Although, Chairperson, I want to raise the fact that at least, you know, the 350 rand that is allocated to people in this country relying on some form of social assistance has gone up to about 30 million people in this country, which is quite a vast sum. And, and, and more importantly, I think 56% of all people in this country live uh, with a salary or some form of income of less than 1,300 a month. So whilst 3% is not a lot, particularly for the Office of the Public Protector and uh, the tasks before her, the National Freedom Party will support this. Thank you. The AIC, COPE, the PAC, Al-Jama, and the ANC. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I just rise to do a few things. Uh, Honorable Bernard Horn, you can't be supporting it grudgingly. You've got to support this increase. <laughs> it's, it's the same 3% that we also got. Please support it without any conditions. That's a belief, though. Just do that as a belief. And I must just make this point to the economic freedom fighters. The president has not removed the public protector. The public protector has been suspended in terms of section, in terms of section one. Order, honorable members. Order. Order, honorable members. Honorable members, give the member on the floor an opportunity to be heard, like you were. In terms of section 194, subsection 3A, that's a suspension. There's no removal. So that the record is set straight here. Otherwise, we rise to support this as the ANC. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable members, are there any objections to the approval of the draft notices determining the salaries and allowances of the public protector, the deputy public protector, and commissioners of the South African Human Rights Commission with effect from 1 April 2021, as it appears on the order paper? Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. The secretary will read the fourth order. Consideration of draft regulations of Critical Infrastructure Protection Act 2019, Act number eight of 2019. I now recognize the chairperson of the committee, the Honorable Jumat Peterson, who will introduce the report. Baie dankie agbare voorzitter, agbare hoofsweep van die meerderheidspartij, agbare Majodina. Laat my toe om volgens my inleiding vir u te bedank vir die wonderlijke manier wat u ons allemaal aangebied het om onze culturele, respect, uh, uh, verskillende culturele aspekte uit te beeld in hier die parlement. 
Jaarlijks op 24 september wordt Erfenisdag gedenk in ons land. Achbare hoofdsweep, u het elke Zuid-Afrikaan die recht in hier die parlement gegeen om ons erfenis uit te leven en uit te lig. Nationale collectieve erfenis is om my identiteit as een Zuid-Afrikaan te hee en ek wil u bedank vir daar die geleentheid. The protection of critical infrastructure has intensified internationally largely due to the increasing threat of terrorism. Preventative security measures have become a major focus area of the protection, safeguarding and resilience of physical critical infrastructure in South Africa and abroad. The 2019 Critical Infrastructure Protection Act was assented to by the President on 20 December 2019 and it repealed the outdated National Key Points Act of the apartheid government. Through the adoption of the act, the protection of critical infrastructure was brought in line with our democratic and constitutional values of transparency, openness and accountability. The act provides for guidelines and factors to be taken into account to ensure that the transparent identification and declaration of infrastructure according to section 2017 of the act, it provides that the Minister of Police must table any proposed regulations in Parliament for security promulgated by us. On the 21st of July, the Speaker of the National Assembly referred the draft regulations to the Portfolio Committee on Police for consideration and report. The committee has considered the 14 aspects contained in the draft regulations and subsequently adopted this report. The committee proposed three amendments to the draft regulations, which were taken on board by the department and included in the regulations. The definition of applicant now includes the national commissioner as he can apply for the declaration of infrastructure and critical infrastructure as subsequently the definition also includes Section 18 of the Act. Further, there too, the committee included that the submission by the Council to the Minister of Police must include submissions by the head of a government department in terms of Section 18, subsection 3b. These amendments undoubtedly strengthen the regulation and implementation of the Act and illustrate the importance of parliamentary involvement in the legislative process. The opposition will undoubtedly raise considerable concerns about the slow pace in which the Council is appointed and vetted. And although we share those concerns, we are confident that the process will be completed soonest and that the Department and Ministry are hard at work to address any and all stumbling blocks in this regard. I want to state categorically that there is no unwillingness from government to ensure that the council is appointed and becomes operational. The main principle and the main thrust of openness and transparency of the act is the appointment of the council. And we will ensure that these draft regulations and regulations are implemented and that the critical infrastructure council indeed determines on these regulations. Parliament held interviews with candidates from the private sector, civil society, 
and we nominated the most suitable candidates and individuals which were appointed by the minister. These candidates hold both individually and collectively vast knowledge and experience. We wish the council uh, all success. We will support them and we call on the minister to fast track the finalization of the council, the implementation of the act and the regulations. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. I will now recognize political parties wishing to make a declaration. The DA. Switch on your microphone, please. Thank you. I cannot be able to say bye, Dampi Fuerster. I can't work in Puya Afrikaans, but I Chairperson, internationally, the protection of critical infrastructure has become pivotal, largely due to the increasing perceived risk or threat of terrorism. In South Africa, we have witnessed the utter destruction of our own national parliament by fire, which can mainly be attributed to the failure on the part of government to properly secure our existing critical assets. Now, we have heard that the new Critical Infrastructure Act, Act Number 8 of 2019, was ascended to by the President on the 20th of December 2019. This will not only fill the gap, but also to replace the old National Key Point Act due to mounting criticism leveled against it. In 2013, the Right to Know campaign, amongst others, made an application to the High Court of South Africa, Gauteng Local Division, pressurizing the Minister of Police to release the list of NK NKPs, a request he initially refused. He was subsequently ordered by the court in 2014 to release the requested information. Now, certain administration processes must be followed by the minister before the promulgation of the CIPA regulations. However, the conclusion of these processes has dragged exceedingly and was clearly handled in a laissez-faire manner. Now, ons minister van politie het a gewoonte om nie datums te haal nie. Mense wat op bepaalde posities aangestel moet word, dat kan maar een jaar of so omtrend later gaan, en dan is daar nog steeds geen haas om dit af te handel nie. The Portfolio Committee on Police already commenced on the 7th of June 2021 with the interviews of shortlisted candidates for the Critical Infrastructure Council. And still today, this council has not been appointed. Work cannot start. Apparently, there is no urgency to get this sorted. The committee's recommendations were forwarded to the state president, and the process can only be completed once parliament finally approved the draft regulations. 
On the 21st of July, 2022, the Speaker referred the draft regulations to the Portfolio Committee on Police on, for consideration and reporting. Committee agreed with the recommendations. Certain changes were made to the amendments were made and the report was referred to the National Assembly for consideration. This is what we're here for today. The DA support the report. I thank you. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, the country is experiencing a coordinated and well-organized sabotage effort from groups that should be well known to the police and intelligence if we had any in this country. The protection of critical infrastructure is crucial, not just to the provision of services to the people, but also to the development of our country. Prasa is the most glaring example of this crisis that the country finds itself in. The country's rail network has all but collapsed. And this collapse is organized and perpetrated by organized groups, fully known to those in leadership of the country. The Critical Infrastructure Protection Act is important for those purposes. It sets out to provide legislative mechanisms for the protection of critical infrastructure in the country. Section 16 of the Act deals with the requirements for the declaration of infrastructure as critical infrastructure. As set out in subsection 16.1, infrastructure qualifies as critical infrastructure if, number one, the functioning of such infrastructure is essential for the economy, national security, public safety, and the continuous provision of basic public services. And two, the loss, damage, disruption, or immobilization of such infrastructure may severely prejudice the functioning or stability of the country, the public interest with regard to safety and the maintenance of law and order and national security. We therefore welcome the regulations giving effect to some of these provisions of the Act. We must, however, emphasize that the main problems in the country do not relate so much to the lack of legislation, but to the incapacity of the state to enforce security and maintain law and order. The police and intelligence services who thoroughly corrupted and have been rendered useless by the political leadership of the country. These problems will not resolve the regulations and legislation, but by presence of competent personnel within the SAPS. We welcome these regulations and hope that they will move us a step closer to protecting critical infrastructure in the country. I thank you, Chair. Thank you. The IFP. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The physical and cyber protection of infrastructure that is critical to the economy, security, and public safety of South Africans is of utmost importance. 
The very first purpose listed in the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act is to secure critical infrastructure against threats. Recently, we have gained first-hand experience of the damage that can be caused due, due to a lack of protection for critical infrastructure. As in the case of the fire that broke out at Parliament uh, infrastructure is in the case of the fire that broke out of Parliament, if the importance of this piece of legislation is not yet clear to you. I urge you to take a walk to the National Assembly Chambers and view the extent of the damage. In consideration of the report, the IFP wishes to reiterate the importance of the Critical Infrastructure Council, especially in relation to the dawn of the fourth industrial revolution. South Africa's critical infrastructure has experienced cyber attacks that have thus far only had minimal impact. These include the attack on Johannesburg municipal electricity system, which largely affected the billing rather than other technical operations. However, what if a similar attack was aimed at ESCOM? Does South Africa have the necessary security capabilities to protect its critical infrastructure? It is not a secret that security risk to a monolithic state-owned entities with a backup would rather exacerbate the country's existing power supply insecurities. It is our recommendation that the South African Police Service and the State Security Agency work closely together to further capacitate the Minister and the Critical Infrastructure Council once it is appointed to address any existing vulnerabilities in the protection of critical infrastructure. The IFP accepts the report. Thank you. Thank you. The FF Plus. No declaration, Chairperson. The ACDP. Or the Honorable Schlengwa, the Honorable Member next to you, want to speak. Thank you. House Chairperson, the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act of 2019 was assented to by the President on 20th December 2019. As per Section 27 of this Act, the Minister of Police was required to table any proposed regulations in Parliament for scrutiny before promulgation. This was done as the Speaker of the National Assembly referred the draft regulations to the Portfolio Committee on Police for consideration and report. During the public participation process, a number of interest groups made submissions to the committee. Among them was the International Committee of the Red Cross, and during their submission, they, among other things, appealed to, to Parliament to reconsider deletion of Section 1.4 of the Protection of Constitutional Democracy Against Terrorism and Related Activities Act of 2004. They proposed that a, humanita a humanitarian exemption clause be introduced in the Podatara Act to ensure that impartial humanitarian organizations acting in accordance with international humanitarian law can carry out humanitarian activities without fear of prosecution by state authorities. The ACD supports the work of impartial humanitarian organizations that provide humanitarian assistance, such as food and medicine, to civilians and wounded belligerents living in areas controlled by non-state armed groups. The ACDP further agrees 
that without a humanitarian exemption clause, exclusively humanitarian activities protected under the international humanitarian law, whose objective is to reduce human cost of the conflict, might be criminalized as a form of support to groups and individuals designated as terrorists. The ACDP further supports this appeal based on the fact that states across the world, including Africa, have clauses similar to what the International Committee of the Red Cross is requesting. South Africa has long championed the importance of including saving clauses within international counterterrorism instruments, ensuring that actions conducted by movements waged by people during an armed conflict are not labeled as terrorists if those actions are lawful under international humanitarian law. The ACDP will support this report. The UDM, ATM, good, the NFP. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, the CIP Act provides that infrastructure is considered critical infrastructure if the functioning of such infrastructure is essential for the economy national security, public safety, and the continuous provision of basic public services. And the loss, damage, disruption, or immobilization of such infrastructure may severely prejudice the functioning or stability of the Republic, the public interest about safety, and the maintenance of law and order and national security. The Act, once in full force and effect, repeals and replaces the National Key Point Act of 1980. Any national key point or national key point complex declared under the National Key Project, must be deemed to be a critical infrastructure until the Minister of Police has decided whether to declare it as critical infrastructure or not. The Act establishes a critical infrastructure council whose responsibilities include considering and making recommendations in respect of applications to be designated as critical infrastructure, approving various guidelines and reporting to the Minister of Police. The only problem we have there with them South African Police Services has the capacity to be able to implement any recommendation. A person in control of infrastructure can apply to have such infrastructure designated as critical infrastructure. Once designated as critical infrastructure, the owner thereof is required to, amongst others, secure the critical infrastructure. Now, we know, Chairperson, what has happened particularly to Parliament and the threats. I see we talk a lot about uh, terrorism, but I think we have greater internal threats in the country. Furthermore, any person who commits an offence in terms of the act is liable to conviction, for fine and an imprisonment. Honourable Chairperson, the National Freedom mm-hmm. Party notes and welcomes the work that has been done by the Portfolio Committee and recommends that the amendment be supported. Thank you. PAIC. COPE. PAC. Aljama. The ANC. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. The ANC welcomed the draft regulation of the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act of 2019. The Popular Committee has at its meeting held on the 31st of August considered the draft regulation of the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act of 2019, Act Number 8 of 2019, and make its submission on this draft regulation. This regulation does, among others, the functioning and the procedure to be followed by the Critical Infrastructure Council. Honorable members, 
You would remember that the report on the processes on the appointment of the critical infrastructure council was tabled before the house by the popular committee on police and it was considered. The popular committee has followed all the processes and the requirement on the appointment of the critical infrastructure council. All steps as set out in the legislation on the appointment of the critical infrastructure council were followed by the popular committee on police. The aim and objective of the draft regulation of the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act of 2019 is to provide for the identification and declaration of infrastructure as critical infrastructure, and also to provide for the guidelines and factors to be taken into account to ensure transparent identification and declaration of critical infrastructure and to provide measures to be put in place for the protection, safeguarding, resilience of infrastructure. More importantly, the guidelines uh, provide for the establishment of critical infrastructure concern. In March 2022, the minister sent off the notice of the publication of the draft regulation of, to, for the public uh, to make its comment. This was in line with section 27 of the uh, critical infrastructure Protection Act of 2019. The ANC believe that although the identification and protection of the critical infrastructure is the sole responsibility of the critical infrastructure culture, it is also our responsibility as South African citizen, civil society and government to protect our infrastructure against all forms of criminal acts. We need to work together as South Africans and all sector public and on all sectors, public and private, to protect this heart and democracy and its infrastructure. The ANC welcome and support the draft regulation of critical infrastructure act of 2019 and recommend to the House that the report should be considered. Thank you very much, House Chair. Thank you. Honorable members, are there any objection to the approval of draft regulation of Critical Infrastructure Protection Act 2019 as it appears on the order paper? No objections agreed to. I will now allow the secretary to read the fifth order. Debate on Heritage Day, celebrating the legacy of Solomon Linda and South Africa's indigenous music. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Let me greet you and the members of this august body, and the Deputy Minister in the House, ministers who are on different virtual platforms, members of the media, ladies and gentlemen. Usom lom uteas langan in amshaj. Sizo fagani milom. Go tabul balegeaku. Gamaku. 
ifunake ukuthi mangala ngithi yembonga usotswepho eh umbutho lawula lelizwe okwazile ukuthi lolu daba aliphakamela lisukumele eh ebiza wonke amalunga eparliamenti ukuthi awatshengise ukuthi eh isikhathi nyange balilekile nosuku lobalilekile usuku kwelolu eh oluhlanganisa zonke izizwe zaseningizimu Africa phansi kwezamagugu kodwa ke kufanele sikhumbule ukuthi umthetho walo kwakade kuwusuku kadlungwane kandaba ulungwane ombelebele olunge emanqulumeni kwaze kwasa amanqulume sibekela isishaka kasishayi kulodume ehlezi kamenzi yaye kadisuke lapho lenda namhlanje ke sithi isikubulo sale nyanga sithi sijablela eh ukwashiwa ukukhondo lolwashiwa usolomon linda eh nomculo ke womdaba balekile ke ukuthi siyicacise lento ukuthi lensizwa le yashona emnyakeni ngamashuma esithupha edlule namhlanje imnyake ngamashuma esithupha neyinsuku eziyishuminambili yadlule emhlabeni lensizwa yathi ke lensizwa idlule emhlabeni yayisiqophe okuningi yaqopha umculo wembube yawubiza ukuthi imbube lo mculo ke lona lelinkulo lakhe lasebenza kakhulu sasebenza namandi abantu abaningi bayahlomula ngalo tathi meseliqhubeka balithi phecelezi lion sleeps tonight nanamhlanje abantu basahlomula kodwa ulinda nezukulane zakhe abahlomula ngalokho bambambele khoneni bathi bamnikeze u10 shilling ngaleso sikhathi kwaba yona into abamnikeza yona kodwa namhlanje basathola amamiliyoni amadola womculo kalinda sithike namhlanje eh impilo kalinda ifana naye abaqula abaningi abadlule kulokho kodwa ke njengohulumeni okhona njengamanje ukusho la ukuthi lenda wakhulela ke yona emsinga idolopha belibiza ngephomoroyi namhlanje leli dolopa seli usolomon linda akseyona pomero to avoid the experience of solomon linda and many others the department of trade industry and competition supported by the department of sport arts and culture have over the past few years campaigned for the passing of the copyright amendment bill and performance protection bill we are grateful to this house the national assembly that this bill has been passed and sent to ncop for concurrence the two bills are aimed at promoting the economic interest of content creators while at the same time accommodating the need to reasonable access uh, to information by users this is in line with the latest and changing technology for the first time in the history of our copyright system Our law introduces resale rights for visual artwork thus ensuring that the artist and or families receive compensation each time the work is resold on the market they also provide an adequate mechanism for collection and distribution of royalties through the copyright tribunal 
the bills make provision for an improved and effective dispute resolution mechanism. And this will benefit many artists who cannot afford exorbitant amounts charged through the traditional litigation process. During the period of the pandemic, as a caring government, this government helped 59,224 beneficiaries, contrary to the popular peddling of lives. And this is the number which benefited and secured 38,558 jobs for job retention and creation. The amount spent during this period is 808 million rands, which benefited the creatives. This is the money which went into the pockets of athletes, of creatives, and their entities. Over the period, the financial years of 2019 to 2022, 38 beneficiaries were supported in their international adventures, resulting in 1,200 job opportunities. On public arts program, 51 beneficiaries were supported, resulting in 451 job opportunities. The Art Bank program of the department ensured that 316 creatives uh, or 505 artworks from artists benefiting 316 creatives. The Artists in Schools program, 635 arts practitioners were placed in 602 schools in all the nine provinces. On the community arts centers, all nine provinces received support to implement community arts development program. 116 community arts centers were supported to implement the programs. On academies, six beneficiaries resulting in 221 job opportunities. On visual arts, since 2013, we have taken 13 visual artists to Venice Art Biennale, a gathering popularly known as the Olympics of the art world. This is the highest level of art competition globally, and we have supported our creatives who ranked with the best in the world. Currently, we have just completed a competition entered into by 300 schools all over the country, 10 of the best in these uh, 300 schools of arts uh, will join the world in Venice soon. On audiovisual, the department has partnered with the, the National Film and Video Foundation on 10 documentaries, uh, documenting stories of history, legacy, heritage, culture, and liberation of South Africa. On design, uh, Chairperson, in line with the Freedom Charter, which enjoins us that, and I quote, the government shall discover, develop, and encourage national talent for the enhancement of our cultural life. In line with this, the following designers debuted at the Imagine Creative Platform of the department. The, the, the Imagine Creative Platform is done by the department in partnership with the International Design Indaba. This platform has nurtured over 500 designers in all the different design disciplines. We kickstarted the careers of these designers, and today they are amongst the best in the world. Latumang Mongolo, 
also known as Makosa, who exhibited in this platform of the department in 2013. Amongst others, he was named as one of the Vogue's top 10 designers in Africa. He exports all over the world. Tebe Makoku, he exhibited in our platform in 2016. Tebe's neck of retelling the stories of his hometown and South Africa's history made him the first African to win the prestigious Louis Vuitton Prize in 2019 and British uh, Fashion Council International Showcase for curation and fashion content, amongst others. Rich Mnisi exhibited in our program in 2015, he was named the Vox Top 10 Designer in Africa. He exports his work all over the world with the likes of Naomi Campbell and Beyonce wearing his signature old garments that fuse contemporary pop culture and traditional African heritage. Catherine Pichuli, she is accessories designer who exhibited at our platform in the Imaging Creative in 2013. Her quintessential jewelry is stocked in boutiques jewelries all over the world. She has been growing not only in reach, her clients include Solange Knowles and Megan Markle. And her accessories range is also stacked on the shelves of Blooming Gates in New York. There are many others, Siandam Pele and others. Now, I want to say, uh, uh, Chair, that uh, in helping women, specifically on the program of women, women in KwaZulu Natal came together under their outfit, Igoda fashion, and they deal with fashion. And this fashion is about our own heritage, about our own culture. And they, they've been able to ensure their presence in Gauteng, in Sentin, Mall of Africa and Mendin, and all of these are Edgar stores. In KZN Pavilion Mall and Gateway Mall, on November, they will be opening a new store in Canal Walk, just a few kilometers uh, from the house uh, here. Now, what we have done, uh, Chair, is to ensure that we now concentrate on economic recovery and reconstruction plan. And one of the programs which we ensured that it doesn't die is District 6 Museum. We have revived it because it carries our culture. It carries the resistance heritage and culture, and uh, it couldn't die. But also, for the youth, opened uh, the South African Hip Hop Museum. And these are South African youth who have to be known all over the world. Chairperson, I want to say that in enhancement of the arts, culture, heritage, and sport tourism, the focus of, the, uh, of this priority area is the utilization of heritage sites to create jobs whilst improving visitor experience through developing exhibitions in line with the draft agreement that will be signed with the Department of Tourism. And uh, it has happened, uh, Chair, that our forebears, the Solomon Lindas of this world, having identified our own kind of genre and exported it in the world, the world respected us. Today, one of the outfits 
Lady Smith Dekmambazo continues on that path. They have won five Grammy Awards and tell me any other who has won them. The world is only going to respect you if you respect yourself and you know who you are and be able to showcase who you are. It didn't end up with them. The youth of today introducing this country, a genre called Kwaito. Today, what is sought after in the world are Amapiano, and that is South Africa. Now, we have to ensure that we stick by what we have and be able to be respected. We will be respected by doing what is ours and own our craft as South Africa and own our heritage. This is our heritage, our pride, our culture. Thank you very much. Stogo Zem Furniture, Gizomugela Manje, Furniture Joseph. Thank you, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, the public. In today's debate, we will reflect on Solomon Linda, the South African musician, singer, and composer, also known as Solomon Nsele, as well as South African indigenous music. Solomon was born in KZN 1909 under British rule and died in October 1962 during the years of apartheid. In our democratic government, we have the opportunity to honor Solomon Linda and many musicians and songwriters and artists who form part of our heritage uh, collection. One of the songs originally in Zulu, composed by Solomon Linda in 1939 under the title Mbube, was in 2004 with the support of the South African government and Gallo Records acknowledged in The Lion King that we know today as the lion sleeps tonight. Chairperson, the message of and the lesson of the lion's king reminds us of the blinding efforts of power and those who will do anything to be in control. Dr. Ruben Richards in his book, Hottentot Hospitality, writes about the abuse of power and the control dated back to the 14th century when the Portuguese settlers attempted to colonize the Cape and African shores and were defeated in Salt River by the local Khoikhoi leaders. They settled in what we know today and call today as East Mozambique and Angola. The Dutch and British arrived in the African shores in, 19, in 1652 with a strategy to be nice to the indigenous people and gather intelligence. The plan was dispossession to take their land of the indigenous people, to take control of their culture, to take their people away, to take their beliefs, their cultural objects, social life, spiritual life, inheritance away. This is what Dr. Ruben Richards described as the abuse of hospitality in his book. This abuse continued under apartheid government and is still happening today under the ANC government. The ANC is abusing the hospitality of South Africans and of the Khoisan people. The Act of 3, Act 3 of 20,000, of 2019, my apology, the Act of the Act 3 of 2019 is a recognition of Khoisan, and this recognition is only on paper. One example is Sarah Bartman Memorial Center in the Anki Valley. This is 
of course, a very important for the Khoisan. She was buried with human dignity on 9th August 2002. However, the memorial center was launched in 2014. The cost escalated to nearly 200 million rand, but the memorial center is still incomplete, which is an insult to the Khoisan people. On the Kaap Malaykwara, Kersvies Band Kwara, Kaapse Minstrels, the Akapiala Kwara, Gemeenskapskwara, Feesten Zuid-Afrika, Oorals Waar die Muziek en die Kunstenaars en Sociale Kouisie en Nasiebevorder, dat is een boodschap van hoop en namens die parlement en democratische alliantie, sê ons dankie aan allemaal. Music is and remains part of our cultural heritage. Muziek is deel van ons kom vandaan, Het departement van sport, kunst en kultuur kan een grote bijdrage maken om kwesties soos jeugontwikkeling, armoede, werkloosheid, ongelijkheid en transformatie aan te spreken. Die regering moet die departement op een hoer prioriteitslijst plaas. Indigenous music comes from indigenous people, indigenous history, indigenous tribes, indigenous songs with indigenous instruments. Every tribe, culture and language in South Africa contributes to our diverse society. The idea of a soup that alle cultuur kunst en vak, kunst cultuur vakken weer in die skole ingestel moet word en dit sal bydra om een voorbeeld te wees vir Solomon Linde is voorbeeld. Ek dank u. Sizo Mugela Ilungel van Peglego Lendru Mfonisha Madlingos Chairperson, Inyan my chair to is Nyanya Zakala Chairperson, the story of Solomon Linda is such a typical African story because at the core it represents Western accumulation of wealth by dispossessing African people of theirs. In essence, there is a direct correlation between the development of the West and the underdevelopment of Africa. One feeds off the other one is responsible for the other. The same logic defines the so-called inequalities in this country, the comfort and privileges that European settlers enjoy in this country are linked and are responsible for the poverty, landless, and dehumanization of native, native peoples of this land. Our celebration of heritage must be understood from this context that European settlers came, killed, raped, dispossessed, and appropriated items of value that belong to Africans to themselves, leaving Africans destitute. Solomon Popoli Linda was born in 1909 and passed away in 1962. In his short life, he was an accomplished musician whose potential was held back by the racist, colonial, and apartheid regime. He moved from KZN to Johannesburg in the 1930s, where his music career blossomed. He started a music group called Solomon Linda and the Music Birds and produced politically charged songs such as Yetulispok, Take Off Your Hat, and Sikalela Izolakit, We Mourn for Our Country. His most popular song, however, Mbube, which was so popular that by 1949, it has sold over 100,000 copies in this country, cementing Linda's position as an elite musician in this country. 
the worst disdainful regard for African property, particularly African intellectual property, would not leave Linda B. In 1952, Pete Seeger of the group called The Weavers in the United States stole the original version of Mbube and adopted it to be a song called Wimoway. And then later on, when the song became very popular in the U.S., it was rewritten as The Lion Sleeps Tonight by George Wise. The song has since been recorded by over 150 artists across the world and has featured in films, the most known of which is The Lion King. In all these productions of the song, Solomon Linda did not get any recognition. While whites grew popular and rich because of his production, he grew poorer and more destitute. Dying in absolute poverty in 1962 without ever getting royalties for his work. It was only in 2004 that Linda's surviving daughters began a lawsuit that would eventually see them getting royalties of their father's work. The sad story of the theft of Linda's work is not dissimilar to the theft of African land by the marauding invaders who have now settled on this land. They own the land, the banks, the minerals, and even stolen much of Africa's intellectual property for their own benefit. Africans are living in poverty, worked as slaves in the farms now owned by the settlers which previously belonged to their forefathers. Whatever notions of heritage we are meant to celebrate this month remains meaningless unless and until Africans get back all that was stolen from them by the white people. White people must realize that for as long as they hold on to their illegitimately acquired wealth and comfort while African people are destitute, there is no prospect of peaceful coexistence in this country. The media and information houses they control will not stop the coming revolution, nor will the Uncle Toms they pay with crumbs in the ANC will stop it. African people will reclaim their heritage. They will reclaim their land by whatever means necessary. And when that happens, white settlers would wish they had taken the post-1994 opportunity to make amends for their destructive racism. Yabulel. Thank you. Order. Mfonishwa Shengwa. Gia Chowa Zagakulu Sikhalo. Eka Mendek Mblinka Tain Kulego Sis Bangishia Kolele Tenik Fanele Ubas Kubega Nuktunga Talabo Abenum Nigelo. Solomon <laughs> Ingabe 
izinqabo nomsuka womculo wembube yinto esuselwa muva nje kweminyaka yawo 1920 kulendawo esiyaziwana namhlanje ukuthi kwazwe ngenatali ngenkathi seqala umbhidlango wokusebenza kwemshini ukwandisa imikhiqizo kanye nezimayini zamalahle namafemu njengoba eningi leniqonda boza kwethu lukuqonda ukuthi umculo wembube wendlalela ezinye izinhlobo zomculo wamakwane esithathamia ayinombhaqanga usolomon linda uyaziswa futhi wethula isiqoko ngomsebenzi omkhulu awenzayo inenkolelo nyambose kanye nalendle ehloniphekile ukuthi uma sikhuluma ngokumqoka abalengoma ithinta ukujula kokuthi singobani singabantu buyini ubuntu nokuthi buyini uAfrica lezo zinto asingaqinje ngokuyiqula kodwa siyiphile sibuke esikhathini samanje ukuthi zumthandazo okhuluma nokhokho uziphile unembeza wesizwe ndikufanele sikhathazeke kakhulu masesibona umbhidlango wodlamo olubhekiswa lesifazane neingane ubuka ubelelesi nobugebengu ubuka indlela esengicontshwa ngayo nemali yomphakathi efayile ngabe ifeza iyidingo zokuletha imputhuko neyingalasi nemenzi ezakusebenza emphakathini yakithi ngakho umsebenzi wamaciko akubona nje ukujabula kuphela kodwa ukukhulumisana nesizwe ukuthi sibuyele emzileni wokuphila nokwakha iningizimu Afrika nenqobelela phambili egameni labantu baseningizimu Iko ende kudinga ukuthi kufanele nezimfundo zaseningizimu Afrika zikuthinta ukuthi kuyini uAfrica zikuthinta ukuthi buyini ubuntu ukuze singalahlekelwa unembeza singalahlekelwa futhi ukuthini ngakho ke ubaleke kakhulu umsebenzi ukukhumbula iigoma-goma zaseningizimu Afrika ebesezikhohliwe nezinye zazo esinazazi sikwenza ukube umsebenzi wethulwe ifuna ukuze ziphile noma sezingasekho phakathi kwethu kubalekile ukuthi njengoba sigubha lenyanga yamagugu siphinde siyibheke ukuthi ngabe izinto ezazenziwa siziyekelile ngoba enyinto esibulalayo ukuthi sesiyeke indlela zethu sathathi indlela zabanye abantu uma ubuka indlela ohambe ngawo umsebenzi ufika kwendlovukazi yamangisi uyabona ukuthi abaziyeki ibintu zabo nezingamasiko abo ngakho ke nathi njengabantu baseAfrica abantu baseningizimu Afrika ikakhulu ebanzini kokwehlukana kwethu amasiko ahlukene nendlela zokuphila ezahlukene phayile siyifuna izinto ezisihlanganisayo ukuze sikwazi ukuthi izwe lakithi esiphilise siyophiliswa ubunye siyophiliswa ukubambana nokwakha uxolo ukuqinisekiswa ukuthi siyathembeka kuloko kokho ngiyathokoza khona sithokoza mhla ilunga elihloniphekileko lendlu umhlonishwa dena thank you honorable house chair house chair heritage day on the 24th of september recognizes and celebrates the cultural wealth of our nation South Africans celebrate the day by remembering the cultural heritage of the many cultures that make up the population of South Africa. This is the definition of Heritage Day on the government's website. It paints a pretty picture of promotion by government of mutual respect and acceptance in the celebration of the heritage of all our South African cultures. 
But just like the ugly truth behind the lion sleeps tonight, in reality, this picture is far from pretty. Our cultural heritage is no longer ours, nor is it safe where government involves itself. For where government involves itself in cultural heritage, it becomes a political plaything that is shamelessly used and abused to promote failed ANC ideology. And I will not even dignify the EFF statement here today with a response. Chairperson, who can forget the 100-meter flagpole that was punted by the Minister for Sport, Arts and Culture with such enthusiasm that he seemingly forgot that South Africans who have suffered even more during the COVID-19 pandemic are going hungry while he wants to spend millions on a white elephant in the name of cultural heritage. Luckily, we as citizens succeeded in reminding him of that. Or the fact that the very same minister lobbied to change the name of the Afrikaans language monument to make it inclusive of other language speakers. Let me repeat that. He wanted to change the name of a monument erected for a specific language to include other languages. Here's an idea, Honourable Minister. If you want to celebrate and commemorate different languages, which would be excellent, by the way, then build different monuments. Die jag wat dier die ANC regering op Afrikaner erfenis gemaakt word, weerspreek ook hierdie rooskleerige prentje wat dier die regering geskets word. Soos die slang achtbare huis voorzitter, praat hierdie regering met die gesplete tong. Want hoe kan ons erfenisdag vier, waar alle kultuere, waaruit die Suid-Afrikaanse samenleving bestaan, sy erfenis gevier moet word, terwijl die departement wat verantwoordelik is, vir die bewaring van kulturele erfenis, actief sekere kulturese erfenis as boos uitkruid, marginaliseer, verstoot en veracht. Die staat behoort nie actief betrokke te wees by kulturele erfenis nie, maar moet eerder onafhankelike organisaties wat onszelf vir die voortgesette bewaring en bevordering van kulturele erfenis beuiver bevonds. En sodanige fondse moet behoorlik bestuur word, Anders as wat tans die geval is met talle voorbeelde, soos onder meer die Nationale Kunsteraad, Pakhofs en die meer onlangse Mzansi Philharmonies Orkies, waar we ons nog baie gaan lees. Speak, uh, House Chair, part of the theme for today's debate is celebrating the legacy of Solomon Linda. I must admit, I did not know who Solomon Linda was prior to doing research for today's topic. I learned that his famous song, Mbube, was in fact hijacked by an American band and recorded as what we all know today as The Lion Sleeps Tonight, and of which Linda and his family only received about $1,000 in royalty. It is a sad and ironic truth that the ANC government has hijacked our cultural heritage in the same way to exploit it for their own political gain. House Chair, I thank you. Eerbare voorzitter, ons grootste geskenk. Oh, de honorable member. Wacht een beetje. Kan ons luister, asjeblief. Ons grootste geskenk aan die nageslag is die behoudenis van ons rijk erfenis in taal en muziek. In een wereld van constante verandering is ons voor die afgelopen tien dagen 
betover dier die magische kracht en rijk symbole van die Verenigde Koninkryk tijdens die periode van rouw vir die oorlede monarch Elisabeth II. Politiek verdeel, kultuur, taal en muziek bind mense saam in een unieke, toch diverse identifi- identiteit as een nasie. Wie ons is as mense, word ontwikkel dier die plekke van ons herkomst, die hartsplekke van ons siel, wat vervat word in die mooiheid van taal en klank, getoonset op muziek, eie aan die verskillende streke van hierdie mooi land. Die blijmaaklanke van Pinkster, of die diep mystiek van die tromboom, eie aan ons continent Afrika, elke streek en provincie in ons hartland Zuid-Afrika, het sy eie unieke identiteit, en dit word vervat in die muziek en liedere wat geskryf word. Vandag in die portefeuille komitee van onderwijs, het die visieminister ons aandag gevestig daarop, dat muziek nog steeds deel uitmaak van die schoolcurriculum. Die ACDP wil vraag, waar en hoeveel skole in ons kwantel 1 tot 3 skole bied nog muziek aan in hierdie land? Meer as 3000 plaaskole in ons landelike gebiede staart toemaak in die gezicht. Solomon Popoli Linda was die product van so'n school, landelik, aards en rijk in geschiedenis. Elke verwaarloosde en leeskool in die platteland is een stikkie geschiedenis wat verloren gaan. Ons land wordt verarm en die rijk erfenis van landelike skole om die siel van een nasie te restaureer en bewaar, word weggegooi. Baie van hierdie skole is meer as 100 jaar oud en staan as museums vir die rijk geschiedenis van ons streke. Een generatie van kinders word, ontwik, word ontwortel en hulle identiteit as mense sal geaffecteer word in die langtermijn. Hierdie huis moet optree om ons landelike skole en gemeenskappe te bewaar van bureaukratiese vergryping wat geïmplementeer word sonder enige navorsing. In die woorde van een van ons moderne Afrikaanse liekies wil ons vandag sê, stop die lorie, minister Mochega, moet nie ons landelike skole toemaak nie. Baie dankie. Vrale woorde, UDM, ATM, Mkomperi van Dijk, Achtbare voorzitter, leren van die huis. Van jaarse erfenismaand thema bring hulde aan die 60ste herdenking van die dood van sanger en liekieskrywer Salomon Linda, as ook aan Zuid-Afrikaanse en Heemse muziek. Erfenisdag op 24 september staan ook in Zuid-Afrika as braaidag bekend. Hierdie jaar sal baie mense echter in die thuispluise karikerei en het droom van die braaidjopie, want brandstof en voedselpryse in Zuid-Afrika is buiten beheer. Dit is die erfenis wat die ANC laat. Zuid-Afrika is een land rijk aan kultuur en taal. Al swyg die taalraad oor die inheemse status van Afrikaans en die kooi en saantale tijdens een openbare dispiek. En selfs toe dit moes erken dat die Afrikaanse taalmonument een plek in die erfenis van Zuid-Afrika het. Niks bring mense in Zuid-Afrika echter by mekaar soos die kracht van muziek nie. Zuid-Afrika geneeg ge, verskynheid groepe wat allemaal unieke en ingewikkelde muziekklanke heen. 
Jy kan jou dus verlekker aan nostalgische en legendarische liedjes wat een groot deel van die Zuid-Afrikaanse kultuur geword het, soos Pata Pata van Maria Makeba, Jabalani, de PJ Powers, Vicky Samson, se African Dream, Mango Grill's a Special Star, of Johnny Clegg and Jaluka's Scatterings of Africa, of net lekker boeremusiek, klassieke Afrika muziek, jazz en verwante dan ship muziek stijlen. Levende uh, erfenis bevorder culturele diversiteit, sociale cohesie, versoening, vrede en economische ontwikkeling en is een noodzakelijke bron van identiteit en continuïteit. Die waardevolle maar verwaarloosde culturele erfenis wat in een neemse muziek bestaan, moet echter dringend bewaar word. Die Suider-Afrikaanse muziekrechte organisatie het die inheemse muziekproject gestig wat focus by, op die transcribering en documentatie van inheemse Afrika muziek vir eindes van navorsing, bewaring, uitvoering, sowel as bevordering van Suid-Afrikaanse rijk muziekerfenis. Maar muziek wat uitgevoer word op inheemse instrumente soos die Uhari, Makwenjana, Sitende en Mibala, traditionele muziek vir kulturele deurgangsrietes, soos trouwens en begrafnisse en selfs kinderliekies, loop gevaar om saam met sommige van die beoefenaars van hierdie unieke klanke uit te sterf. In jimse muziek behoort in die curriculum van skole opgeneem te word. Daar is ook een leemte in die navorsing van in jimse muziek om musikale diversiteit te herontdek en uit te bou. Salomon Linde is een Suid-Afrikaans geboren muzikant van KwaZulu Natal en bekende komponist van die Dikie Mbube, wat later die gewilde muzieksuccees The Lion Sleeps Tonight geword het. Sommige van sy muziek kan geïnterpreteer word as een uitdrukking van politieke oneenigheid. Haal jou hoed af, wat herinner aan die behandeling dier paskantoorbeamtes, eindig met die woorde, Sikalele Ishwilakiti, ons huil vir ons land, ons huil ook vir ons land, ons huil oor staatskaping, kaderontplooiing en corruptie, oor een minister van sport, kunst en kultuur, wat de 22 miljoen rand vlakpaal prioriseer, terwyl duisende muziekkante en kunstenaars nog die impact van COVID ervaar, De minister en kunstenraad wat nie deersichtige processe volk aan een nationale symfonieorkies gestig word en een handje vol kaders hulle dit vreed aan belasting betaler geld, terwyl arme, arme huishoudings wonder waar die volgende boordkos vandaan kom. Die landse constante daling op die ranglijst vir ekonomische vrijheid word reflecteer in die levenskwaliteit afname maatstawe wat dier die meeste Suid-Afrikaners ervaar word. Die resultaat van die regeringse gekoose ideologiese beleidsposities. Die aanseeregering moet dringen die buitensporige belasting en hevings op brandstofsluie om die prijs van brandstof, voedsel en levenskoste te verlaag. Op erfenisdag erken en vier ons die kulturele reikdom en diversiteit van ons nasie. Ons besef in die woorde van Audrey Lord. Dit is nie ons verskille wat ons verdeel nie, maar ons onvermoe om die verskille te erken, te aanvaar en te vier. Ongelukkig is die tijd is nou om. Mevrouw van Dijk. Aramoreleng kolobeya biatlaj. Mutomperi mama bolo. Ya, ya mama rel. Ya lavuwa emu. Julas dilo mevrod. African National Congress. Kasvaka Sevara 
parke PSD kwa polokwane ke molo tsolorenye ke hyperactivities re kwa ka talent ya rena ya local ku ri DJ Scotch bo DJ Bambo bo DJ Phoenix ga mmogo le bo DJ King Bash ka go bane ke melo yo rengye re na re le baeta pele ba local re attenda gore gone gore talent ye itswele pele eska fela fela fase thome fase e go di gore le ka moso le bona batho ba le ba gone ya pele ba tshona le ba bangwe gana kua e be e bile re beletse le gwele ya mauti kua re bona bo Mararas FC ya tshelene makhura ba incha e sale go go ka ba kala o minister events like this need to be supported by government so that they can grow and grow bigger than um, your Deben July, your Makufe, and also Cape Town Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. Because these are local ideas, and every small idea needs to be nurtured mm-hmm. and be supported. Because, Honorable Minister, it was the idea of Solomon Linda and his story that one of experience is available on the complexity of squid, our relations in the industry. From the early 1950s, the artistic genius of Africans has been exploited and not adequately rewarded by those who have focused on saving their own interest instead of providing a platform for authentic artistic expression to thrive. It is through the case of Solomon Linda that we are able to see how apartheid legacy impacted on the artistic heritage of South Africans and how it has hindered economic progress of both the country and also on his personal life. Many talented South Africans ministers have suffered over the past years in the hands of exploitation, recording houses and also our leaders in the music industry, not not only abroad, Honorable members, but Lanamurai, but Wabanchi, Baratan Labarato, like a producer, Java, or Navaba, Timachelete, or Navadia Chelten, Chica Music, but Opia, Sanchova, Lavarola Cheltenian. Honorable Chairperson, transforming the record label industry and protecting the copyright of artists and expanding copyright education to all emerging indigenous artists. Horary Papadi, who have a list of Africa, has been given a mandate to provide leadership to the to this sector to accelerate its transformation, overseeing its development and also management. In South Africa today, Honorable uh, Chairperson, the indigenous music industry is quite vast and it exists beyond artists that are mainly recognized in the genre of the mainstream industry. South Africa, South Africa is a country that is echoed in the rich history and culture of music that finds expression across the length and breadth of the world. Honorable Chairperson, in the Rabona Koshaya, Jerusalem, Elaya, Master Keji, Amorin Lomkrevo, it's chicken chalefasi, it's Amaya, or Tukamka Kireva, Tomorotanel and Tulavarki, Jerusalem challenge, Jagatu or Navarre, Adam Jai Honan, and I got to our Jigish Halo to our left, Yaga Rat, Honopala, all over touch. I guess you got Chief Hibur Nayana, over Iohana, Nagamra, Palena, but Ye Ilia Tusha or Kamuka, but the artist Africa already recognized. Because through the 
was arguably was arguably one of the most lucrative melodies that to date continues to make oh, yeah. the Walt Disney's film theater and also the Lion King. It is, however, unfortunate that the proceeds of the song have not adequately served the descendants of Solomon Linda. The politics of royalties and wealth accumulated through arts, especially in South Africa context, should, should include a discussion about the importance of education, financial literacy for emerging national artists. But why give artists to take over When she was a woman, Sanjuro Valley financial literacy over Bocha or no. Reo Sapela, Cheltera, Ejewe, or Ehone, Otohola, Navara, or the Torolo, Tulu because music was on a sock, like a short career. Okasia Chalet, Otofelech out from Maruza Dinto, Luza de Coloe, Batuara, our Shulian Uele, Utigile, our Pella, Mopelarana, Agitile, and Agitile Mood. Yellow financial literacy is very, very important, honorable members. Ketafeta Kaori. Really horrible, Papa. You have only said you came to DJ. What I had the artist from Kamondo, Africa, or 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 emerging artists. Yes, Alom Mnyani. I only ask for the love of Makazi. Ask for the love of King Monada. I want to hear ma. Get a chance to make a say. Can we find the chance to leverage? I thought my focus is on the future. I'm going to ask for the offer. Don't call me Kafir. Because I know. Ilia Hakampa Nama Africa Bora, Ritzvar Salibanyan, Ibe Itusha, Olancha Democracy. Teachers Makase Rape, Lor Amwaya Wa King, Ola, Girena, Watikezi, Tokoloma Gesh, Shabalala, Emagaj, Emagesh, Awone Kutusenzan, Orvalega Kucho, Kena Watikezi Gala Wabern. Ralevora Kolov. Okay. Order. Order. And Shaky Mam. Order, honorable members. Shaky Mam is on the virtual platform. Sorry. Uh, honorable thank Sheikh. You. Thank you. Thank you, House Chairperson. Allow me, Chairperson, to pay tribute to the culture of various societies in South Africa, not limited to any one particular culture. And when we celebrate this particular cultural heritage, we need to remember the different cultures that we have in South Africa to come together, which we refer to as the Rainbow Nation. Having said that, I want to reiterate, we must not forget the indigenous people, the Khoi and San community, who have been the first indigenous nation of this country and to a very large extent are exploited, perhaps because of the division amongst them. But remember that at some stage, people will come together and claim what is rightfully theirs. On the issue, I want to pay tribute to Solomon Popoli Linda, who was born in 1909. Mm -hmm. And I must agree with one of, uh, and conquer with one of my colleagues. I've never known the name Solomon Linda until, of course, I had to participate in this particular debate, but having done some research and some extensive research on him, I would, I can assure you and assure everyone in this country what a pivotal role he has played in indigenous music, particularly in this country. In 1931, Linda, like many other young African men at the time, because of his financial situation, went to Johannesburg, which was a buzzing mining community at that point in time, to find work ended up working in the Carlton Hotel, 
And that's when he started performing at weddings and choir uh, competitions and things, and which and then ended up with his popularity growing. Bube was a major success for Linda. And I've been told that 100 or in excess of 100,000 copies were sold by in 1949 alone. And in 2000, South African journalists, and I think we must also pay tribute to Rian Milan, who uh, identified uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Solomon Linda and, uh, and took him on his wing. And in fact, if you read what Rian Milan says, that uh, in 2000, he wrote a feature article for the magazine Rolling Stone describing Linda's story and estimating that the song had earned in excess, Chairperson, of 15 million US dollars mm-hmm. at that time. And you can imagine what that was worth. However, it would appear that he sold it for almost next to nothing. But in 2004, and I think this is where the South African government let us welcome the decision that the South African government took to support uh, uh, Linda and, 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 and decided to take on the Walt Disney Company, Gallo Records, uh, particularly on the issue of the Lion King movie. And of course, a settlement agreement was reached. But I think what is very important to know died with very little or nothing. We call on Thank the you. department to give greater protection to artists in the country. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. The life and legacy of Solomon Linda, who was a South African musician, singer, and composer, represents the pulse of our creative spirit. In celebrating this year's Heritage Day, we honor and celebrate our indigenous music. Solomon Linda's classic Mbube resonated with the world in no small measure. Other indigenous music trailblazers like Makatini, Jomafela, Jabukanyile, and a host of others flew our indigenous musical fleet high on the global stage. We cannot complete this Heritage Month without recognizing the role of indigenous uh, artists. Honorable Chair, in order to appreciate the reach of this debate, we must place the role of indigenous music within the liberation tapestries of this country. The doyans of our liberation used our indigenous music to push back the frontiers of of oppression with the delights of Solomon Linda popularizing Isitatamiya and embedding indigenous consciousness in minds of our people. For the liberation of our people required their black consciousness. Honorable Chair, as we celebrate our heritage in style, we cannot but honor our indigenous music giants who kept the fires burning during the most difficult era of our struggle. I thank you. Um, 
Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. The Aldama Party welcomes the renaming of Solomon Linda's hometown, Ponaroy, uh, after him. It is encouraging to know that government is taking steps to get rid of colonial names, and we're happy for the Solomon Linda community. They will have a good cause to celebrate Heritage Day. But sadly, Honorable House Chair, this will not be in the case of El Dorado Park, Ravali, Freedom Park, and the Cape Flat communities who are struggling to eradicate their places of living from crime, gangsterism, drugs, and other behaviors. The El Dorado community, young and old, are camping outside as we speak, outside the local police station, in protest against government's failure to act on the legacy promise uh, that was made uh, nine years ago. And this was for an intervention plan in terms of a national document, the National Drug Master Plan. And we heard the Minister of Culture earlier on speaking. He was then the Minister of Police. The Aralda Park protests followed the collective response to the recent a uh, rampant increase in the gang-related shootings due to the drug war currently underway within the community. Tragically, the community of Alderado Park has been burying children shot in gang violence. Yesterday, I was there. And when the school uh, 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 closed, Honorable House Chair, children were running to their homes so that they, uh, so that they won't be shot uh, before they reach their kitchens. It has been a decade since a presidential intervention in 2013, a promise made by the presidency, and uh, the idea was for them to leave a legacy behind, which we wanted to celebrate today, nine years after that, but there has been no legacy. The presidency has let down the community of El Dorado Park and uh, the communities of the Cape Flats, because what was going to be in El Dorado Park was going to be a pilot. So there is nothing to celebrate for the community of El Dorado Park, the Cape Flats, and other colored areas. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. Asmugele Numbutum. Mufoni Chamape. And get towards us, Kalum, which is Chavas, okay. I'm talking getting him, Butuma. Kumasova <laughs> Eya kamba ichisa mizi ya wandu, piyo kichisa, newekobu linkana dicha, mkala kakaetwa. Chepe sen, the DA sends our most sincere condolences to the people of KZN, where the carnage continues unabated. What is more sad is the fact that in this time of grief and great distress, the people of, Op of Opongolo are on their own, while their so-called government leaders are calavanting the world at taxpayers' expense. In fact, that ANC tweeted the poor excuse of a minister Ordered the flight on a business class ticket, and guess what? He is tweeting live from Qatar. What a shame. 
abasena mashuni sis anyway chepesen we're here today this esteem house is celebrating and recognizing a musical icon and a pioneer of the music industry we're celebrating mr solomon popolintsele utatulinda best known for composing the song titled mbube which was later sampled and, and reproduced as the lion sleeps tonight and has over the years been performed by various artists gaining popularity across the globe in the process chepesen while we celebrate the life and time of this icon we ought to shine the spotlight in the music publishing and copyright regime at, at the time most of our coins were ripped off and received the wrong end of the stick to a point where the hard work continues to be distributed worldwide and, and millions of people across the globe continue to consume and enjoy this authentic south african classic and beautiful sound but their families are not beneficiaries of this craft to say this was a road deal would be an understatement a great injustice we call on the minister of condolences orchestras and flags to address this great injustice and intervene and assist these families to correct these injustices in closing chepesen another elephant in the room we have demagogues who are race baiting and gaslighting hatred on a daily basis these minuscule and minion organizations mushrooming everywhere are encouraging xenophobic attacks and ethnic targeting this is to score cheap political points and ride on the acorn and genuine frustrations of our countrymen they are sending us down a tribalism path of no point of return a one way ticket to chaos and destruction these charlatans will soon be stopping us in the streets and demanding that we smile a certain way to prove that we are of a certain descent and lineage this is absurd however if good men and women don't do anything about it it will be our reality soon we run the risk of not being able to enjoy these authentic indigenous gems and beautiful sounds in some areas and parts because one may simply be attacked merely for just listening to their favorite music because that music is associated with a certain tribe we have to reject this ethnic mobilization because south african uh, because south africa is a constitutional democracy and we are a beautiful and diverse nation this must never be misconstrued to suggest that we promote lawlessness in fact quite the opposite if this nonsense continues unabated we may find ourselves in the same boat that rwanda once found itself mr linda created music that transcends through demographics and, and geographics and could be enjoyed by everyone on that spirit we say thank you to mr ulinda for for his craft and may his legacy continue to live on by etingunyao stawoze i iskulu misoqina kulenkuluma pilisana umamu malumani ithuba ngelapho Mbolise kuwe sihlalo mbolise ku deputy chief whip mbolise ku minister not minister of condolences minister of department of sports arts and culture we are a minister if they want to be ministers the opposite side they must go and campaign in 2024 but we believe and we know that the people of south africa will support the african national congress Social transformation, social integration is an important aspect of social cohesion and nation building. Nationhood is an ongoing process of the transformation of our society from a past of division due to our history of imperialism to a future a national democratic society. 
Imperialism did not only extract the mineral wealth and labor through slavery. Imperialism has had a significant impact on our culture and identity. As a nation, we need to reflect on our cultural dominance and the appropriation of our culture by colonialism, which also undermined our culture and traditions. This has led to our cultural dominance of Western cultures and the exclusion of our African cultures. As a nation, we need to ask ourselves critical questions on the promotion of our diverse cultures. We need to embed our indigenous music in our cultural evolution for a nation building and social cohesion. Music is an art which is produced in a global cultural diversity. Music is a universal language which breaks all barriers of nationality, of language, of race and gender. Through music, we communicate a message and knowledge. Therefore, music has the potential to shape society. Indigenous music is part of the identity of, a pair of people and nation. Our indigenous music is not only for entertainment, but they contain a cultural identity and our forebears have used music to convert our history from one generation to another. Values and principles which are upheld in our various traditions are mostly contained in our, in our indigenous music. It is the pride that indigenous music has in defining who we are. It is therefore critical that all South Africans take an interest in their local indigenous music and music from diverse cultures, which defines the diversity of our nation. The legacy of Solomon Linda has demonstrated that our local music has always had this potential to be enjoyed by the world, which reflect the social capital in music. As a nation, we need to start supporting local artists who produces indigenous music as they preserve of heritage and identity. We need to buy and embrace their music, attend their concert, and to promote their music. One of the weaknesses impacting the prominence of indigenous music is the low level of inclusion of music in many of our schools, as music is a critical art of human endeavor. Music offers opportunities for growth and development for learners to take music as a career which has numerous social and economic benefits. We need to encourage children to play instrument at a young age and to ultimately be professional musician as much as we need to encourage young creative artists to produce their own music. As a country, we have produced our own music, which is appreciated and enjoyed around the world and continent. So that is why today we've got songs like Jerusalem that is enjoyed internationally. I wish I could sing Jerusalem. Hey, those are the songs, those are the African songs that we need to make sure that we celebrate the life of Solomon Linda has placed the need for the promotion of indigenous music for mainstream consumption, which requires music production facilities to the accessible or in the rural and urban areas, advancing and enhancing the mainstream of indigenous South African music in public platforms is a critical function which our radio and television broadcasters should promote 
to also create sustainable livelihoods of, for the artists. In his PhD studies, the status of indigenous music is the South African cur- curriculum. Swangilem Kombe makes the point that indigenous music is used to recall commemoration, express peace and happiness, and motivates team spirit as it can organize activities geared towards community development. If it included in a school curriculum, it also nurtures social integration, which can enhance understanding in learning. Some songs are composed to instill sociocultural values in establishing social relationships among the individuals and societies, also consolidate social bonds and create patriotic feelings. Music also contributes to the child's development and psychological abilities. This demonstrates the significance of music. There is an evident decline in the use of our indigenous languages. We need to teach our children the value of indigenous languages. In honoring the legacy of Solomon Linda, we need to continue to invest in our languages in education to embed our heritage for the future generations and to further develop our African cultural heritage and our heritage as a nation. Having appreciated the role that music has played in our socialization as, a, as people, the question we need to ask ourselves is the impact of music in our current context. Today, we enjoy many genres of music. Some of the music do not promote the social values, which promote some social ills that confront our society, particularly the youth. We need to encourage our creative sector artists to use their art of music to advance social change and creating awareness amongst the people. In our struggle against colonialism and apartheid, songs and music were an expression of the determination of liberate South Africa. Through songs, we highlighted the national consciousness and through songs, we express the sorrow of the people. Songs and music have been used to polarize our society and to discriminate against others. As we commemorate Heritage Day, Honorable Van Dijk, we won't be sitting at home. We won't be sitting at home on the 24th. We'll be busy outside there celebrating heritage. I know my culture. We'll be busy singing songs, eating traditional foods in my own village. We'll be singing the songs of Ipata Pat of Umama Maryam Makeb. We'll be busy dancing. We won't be sitting home just because of the issue of price hike. We'll be celebrating this day. It needs to be celebrated. So you must go and celebrate with you. So Enoch Makanyi Sontonga, who composed Nkosisigelela in Africa, which has represented the cry of the oppressed and a call for change and a call for blessing for Africa. Our national anthem is anchored on a better future for Africa because a better future of our nation is connected to that of the continent and its people. Our heritage is an African history and an African reality. We should rekindle our memory of our cause for national liberation, which was born out of the women of other African nations and its people. The people of South Africa should not embrace the right wing with thinking which defines our nation outside the pursuit of the African agenda. The people movement of the ANC is the African National Congress and not the South African National Congress because of its existence, its culmination of the struggle of the African people. Those who peddle narrative 
which seek to dividend Africans do not share the vision of African unity. As the African National Congress, music as an art and an expression of our culture is a key aspect of advancing social transformation and nation building. We should advance our cultural diplomatic corporations to promote our local artists and indigenous artists who through their music, they share with the world our identity and culture. Let us take this pride and make sure that all of us seated here we go out on the 24th of September and celebrate our culture. Singers when alone at that to go to Velapi, singers go to go to the celebration. But as Africans, let's make sure that we teach our children, we teach each and everyone the culture. The day of the 24th, let us not do only prize. Let's make sure that we teach one, one another about our culture. Where do we come from? Where do we go? And what do we do? What was the future? of this cultural event. I think we need to make sure that all of us, we go and celebrate this together. And I trust and believe that Honorable Denise, that the African National Congress is the only movement that will take the people of South Africa through. Thank you, Chair. Malbongwe! Naken Sifige We now come to motions without notice. Any member of the ANC raise House Chair. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes with sadness, the passing of 21 people in a horror crash on the N2 highway northern KwaZulu-Natal on Friday, 16 September 2022, acknowledges that a buggy carrying school children collided with a side tipper truck between Pongola and Ichele Juba, understands that out of the 21 victims, 19 are children and two are adults, Further understands that the children were primary school pupils aged between 5 and 12 who were being transported home from school. Further understands that the cause of the crash is not yet known but is under police investigation and conveys its condolences to the family and friends of the deceased. Sia Bonga Are there any objections to this motion? No objections agreed to DA. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this house notes that the gift of the Givers Foundation was established in 1992 by Dr. Imtia Suleiman as a non governmental organization and disaster relief group to assist other humanitarian needs. Further notes that the gift of the Givers has a passion for hunger elevation is committed to the provision of safe drinking water to facilitating human development, to creating a conducive environment for education and contributing to the health of communities and has been involved in various other relief efforts and programs in this regard. Acknowledges that Dr. Suleiman has said over the years that his fervor for and belief in mankind motivates and energizes him and informs his passion for humanitarianism and the reason is his faith recognizes that Gift of the Givers is always ready to respond quickly to disasters, 
and to facilitate ongoing human development efforts, including the establishment of scholarships, hospitals and clinics, the creation of agricultural schemes, and the building of houses, to name but a few. Recalls that Gift of the Givers is the largest disaster response non-governmental organization of African origin on the continent. Wishes the Gift of the Givers well in the disaster relief assistance to the communities affected by the recent bursting of a dam wall in Yakhlesfontein and the fire in Imizamu Yetu. Congratulates Dr. Suleiman on a job done well and wishes him and the Gift of the Givers continued success in their future endeavors. I so move. Thank you. Any objection to the motion? None agreed to. EFF? Sibong Egakulu, House Chair. House Chair, I rise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters to move without notice that the House notes that the Zulu nation under the leadership of the King Misu Zulu, Gazuelitini, held its annual Umkosu Umklanga celebration at the Enyogeni Royal Palace in KwaZulu-Natal on the 17th of September, 2022. Further notes that this year's celebration were the first since the passing of the late King Zuelitin, and further marks the wide acceptance by the Zulu people of the kingship of Isilo Umisuzulu. Acknowledges that Umkosu Umhlanga is a very important cultural event and quest to keep young people rooted in the culture and to address the social ill facing today's youth in the troubled society. Further acknowledges that the event provides young girls with opportunities to partake in an event that invokes national pride, which offers them a sense of belonging and for keeping their culture and heritage intact. Commends the Zulu monarch, particularly the late Queen Mantovi Lamini, who played a crucial role in the revival of this ancient cultural event. There is a source of pride not only for the Zulu nation, but to Africa across Africans across the continent. So we send congratulation messages to the King Mrs. Zuluka Zulitini for holding a successful Umkosi Womhlanga. I so move. Thank you. Mam Sonyani Please. ANC. Thank you. Yeah. Go on. Thank you, House Chair. On behalf of the African National Congress, I'm, I want the, the House to note with sadness the passing on of a popular musician who was part of the popular music group Alaska from Soweto, Tabo Tibo Sotezi, on Sunday, 11th September, as after a short illness. Alaska formed part of the popular township music genre known in the country as Kwaito, recalls that Alaska started with five members made up of Lucky Mlakan, Chabo Totezi, Andrew Mloisane, Piwe Pickett, and Les Maad, but had later become a trio consisting of Sipiwe, Les, and Tabo. And also recalls that Alaska was known for hit songs such as Alaska and Accuse. Remembers that Tabo, popular known as Crazy T, was more than just a musician, but also a talented hairstylist and extends its heartfelt condolences to the entire family and friends of Tabo Dotset. I so move. Thank you, Chief. Uh, my apologies. I did not put the motion of the EFF to the House. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. Uh, 
the ANC's motion. Are there any objections to the motion? None agreed to. IFP? Uh, on behalf of the Nkata Freedom Party, I move that the House notes the passing of Dr. Dr. Dumasani Blasius Kumalo, Chairperson of the Sutu Royal Council and a Senior Advisor to His Majesty King Mr. Zulu Kazwelitini, King of the Zulu Nation, by Ayata. Further notes that it is extremely painful that this criminal act marred an otherwise successful read-down ceremony. Acknowledges that Dr. Kumalo was a man of great integrity and wisdom, and his guidance on complex matters was invaluable to the Council and to the King. Extends his deepest condolences to the Kumalo family on the shocking and painful loss, and calls on the full might of the law to take its course in bringing the perpetrators to book. I thank you. Thank you. Are there any objections to the motion? None agreed to. FF Plus. Thank you, House Chairperson. I rise on behalf of Freedom from Plus, but the House notes that the Afrikaanse Taal and Kultuurvereniging annually presents a public debating competition. Further notes that this is a long-standing tradition that existed for many years. Understands that Katlejo, Molakeng, a matric student at Afrikaans Oorsien School in Pretoria participated in this competition and achieved third place in the additional language category. Further understands that this competition enables learners to expand their language skills and learn languages other than their own mother tongue. Realizes that Katlejo, Molakeng had participated in public debating competitions since his primary school years and continued in this competition since grade 8 and every year thereafter, acknowledges that various topics of discussion are offered to learners in order to be able to participate in this competition. Further acknowledges that according to Katlejo Malakeng, this competition made him well aware of his identity, his roots in society, his language, culture, and family ties, and that he is a proud Sutu and South African member of a community who mastered Afrikaans, and resolves that this house congratulates him and the Afrikaans were seen school for his exceptional achievement. I so move that, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Umbutuwe Sizwe, African National Congress. Lazisa is Tobili Nangusizi. Kukuswelega kuga nkosikazu nontando makoma. Nkosikazi as much in the traditional council amakakabe kusugulu 11 na September 2022 emva wakulo okufichani. I ANC kwa nanjalo yazika kuhlelo nkosazada ibina minyaga angamashuma matanda atonesipozo nkosikazi nontando makoma nkosikazi kakosana usikriti sikriti makoma ibe sisi shosho so kuchincha impilu ya bantu bake kuinda wabesha lakuyo Sikondaka kuhle yaesi ya zisa ukuba lenko sazana kukutobe ka ukukulu iba tandile ya bandubayo iba sebenzele iba tandeka ngangukuba ibi tanda ukubona ukuchinja nkwe mbrigo yabo apo bile ikona. Sika bandu bombu utuwe sizwe abandu basempu makoloni nezizwe zonge sikanga nisa izaandla sitobi ili sisiti kwa babandu iba pete yongo wendalo akushanga lungishanga ama kakabe Mawal Taje, Ukufa, Jengis Kelo, Nangu Nakungin Chado. C A and C 
Thank you, Honorable House Chair. On behalf of the African Christian Democratic Party, I move without notice that the House congratulates the Springboks on their 36-20 win against the Pumas in Argentina on Saturday, the 17th of October this year. Also noting that this comes hot on the heels of their 24-8 defeat of the Australians. Wishes the Springboks well in their future rugby games. I so move. Thank you. Anyone against the motion? No objections agreed to. UDM? ATM? The DA? I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that the number of staff and mem- members of Parliament participated in the Comrades Marathon on 28 August 2022. Further notes that the Ultra Marathon was run over an 89 kilometer distance from Peter Maritzburg to Durban and had to be completed within a 12 hour cutoff period. Acknowledges that the team that presented the Parliament of the, the Republic of South Africa achieved a 100% success rate in completing the Ultra Marathon. Congratulates Mpo Matabdati, Marimetsa Molekwa, Anele uh, Jinja, Calvin Manjani, Adrian Ruiz for successfully completing the Commerce Marathon. Conveys uh, its thanks to the Parliament Athletic Club for supporting for of Vincent uh, Mazingi and uh, Kiahana Molabi for assisting the runners during the marathon. I so move. Thank you. Any objections to the motion? None agreed to. EFF? Thank you, House Chair. I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters to move without notice that the House notes the publication of the Chinese government's 14th five-year plan for fishery development, a blueprint for the sector until the end of 2025. Further notes that China's annual aquaculture output is expected to increase to 59 million tons, while the limit for wild catch in Chinese coastal waters will remain at 10 million tons, and the number of large and medium-sized fishing vessels will be reduced. Acknowledges the significant contribution that aquaculture has made, not just in China, but globally in addressing important socio-economic priorities. Further acknowledges that in South Africa, aquaculture contributes only 0.8% of fish production, which amounts to 0.7 billion rand, or 0.2% of South Africa's GDP. And despite these low figures, that as far back as 2013, the South African government recognized aquaculture as a priority subsector in the development of South Africa's ocean economy, commends the Chinese government for the rapid growth in aquaculture of the past two decades that has shifted the makeup of China's seafood production sends its warm regards to the government of the People's Republic of China and in particular its agriculture ministry. Thank you. The strides it has made in using your time is up, honorable member. Honorable Paulson, your time is up. Anyone against stand against the motion? No objections agreed to ANC. 
thank you, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes that after a hard, after the hard, heartbreak of losing her youngest daughter in 2016, Mandisa Raja was moved to open up her home for children in need of parental love and care. Further notes that the East London resident has provided a safe and loving home to seven foster care children for the past six years and believes that every child deserves a mother's love. Acknowledges that she established an organization, Ubushebetu, with the hope of creating a safe space for children in foster care and to build a home for children that are in transit and waiting for foster care placements or adoption processes. Further acknowledges that Ubuhlebetu also now runs HIV, TB, and gender-based violence awareness campaigns, as well as social human rights and social security programs. Understand that she also encouraged other families to open their homes and take in children who were in need and has also provided employment to other people through her through her organization and offers its gratitude to her and wishes her well in all the work that she does for her community. Thank you. Thank you. Any objections to the motion? None agreed to. Good. NFP. Thank you, House Chair Chairperson. On behalf of the National Freedom Party, I move without notice that this house note that the mining community of Rivoli, Rivoli Extension, Rudaport, are in danger due to illegal mining activities in the area. Further note that despite raising these concerns for many years, neither of the departments of police or mineral resources and energy have addressed this with satisfactory results. Also understand that a gas line, fuel line and water supply runs through these communities where illegal mining is being conducted and explosives are detonated. Further note or understands that this poses a great risk to these communities and it's a ticking time bomb that could explode at any given time also realizes that tens of thousands of lives will be lost and damaged to the extent of Wherefore, we call upon this house to intervene as a matter of urgency to call upon the relevant department authority to address the concern of this community and prevent a disaster. Also call upon this honorable house to ensure that the relevant department report to parliament on what measures have been taken with time frames to address the critical situation in the areas of Rivoli, Rivoli Extension, Rudaport. Calls upon the relevant department authority to address the concern of this community and prevent a disaster and ensure that measures are put in place to deal with the situation in Rudaport, Rivoli, and Rivoli Extension. I so move. Thank you. Any objection to the motion? None agreed to. ANC? Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The African National Congress moves to the South. Notice that the House knows that who shot at a in June 2021 was sentenced to life imprisonment and an additional 103 years on Tuesday, the 12th of September 2022. Records that Van der and five colleagues were conducting a raid at an illegal mine near Primrose when Lamini and four other illegal miners opened fire on them. Further recalls that Lamini was arrested at the scene while the other four managed to escape. Understand that understand that he has been convicted of murder, five counts of attempted murder, possession of a prohibited firearm, and unlawful possession of ammunition, and welcomes the correct sentence given to Lamini. 
with the hope that it will serve as a deterrent to other murderers. Continue to pay our respects to the family of Officer Johannes Jacobus van Linde. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Any objections to the motion? No objections agreed to. The AIC? COPE? ANC? The ANC moves without notice that the House notes that Mitlema Kondana, a grade 10 learner from Churo Debenville, has been selected to represent South Africa as a member of Samka national team to the Majorette World Championship in Croatia on Thursday. Understands that Mitle is one of the athletes who is recognized by the association as well as SASCOC. Acknowledges that not only is she representing the school or teams, but the country in her chosen sport. Recognizes that this is the highest honor that an athlete can be awarded within their sport and congratulates Michelle Makondana and wishes her the best when she completes at the World Championships. I thank you, Jen. Thank you. Are there any objections to the motion? No objections agreed to the DA? I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that Mr. Christian Diedrichs, a celebrated South African contemporary artist, has dedicated his life to fighting against all forms of racism, oppression, and discrimination, fighting for gender identity and body politics, reconciliation, and unity through his artwork. Acknowledges that after 30 years of being an artist, Mr. Diedrichs is now considered a master printmaker an honor that is bestowed on so few. Because that Mr. Diedrichs has received and won a number of local and international awards and accolades during his illustrious career. Remembers that Mr. Diedrichs described his 2019 exhibition In Search of a New King as a more challenging journey investigating the fraught and complex nature of South African identity politics from a politically inclusive and painfully honest perspective. Also remembers that Mr. Diedrichs won the coveted Kana Award for Fine Arts at the APSA KKNK Arts Festival for his exhibition Secrets and Lies, Her Majesty's Ivory Tower in 2006. Also recalls that Mr. Diedrichs was awarded a number of artist residencies at a number of prestigious international institutions. Congratulates Mr. Diedrichs on his achievements convey its thanks to Mr. Diedrichs for the contribution he has made to South African art and wishes him well in his future endeavors. I so move. Thank you. Are there any objections to the motion? None agreed to. PAC? Aljama? Uh, thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. I move without notice that the House notes the Extraordinary work done by Gasilas and Gasils, who wash and prepare the bodies of Muslims for burial. Further notice that they are also known as Atukamanis, realizes that they are readily available 24-7 when the need arises. Further realizes that they form an integral part within the Muslim community. I understand that over the years, Muslim burial services 
organize themselves and that uh, these uh, people play a very important role. Further understands that many work under extreme harsh conditions, especially during COVID, acknowledges they often go beyond their role and um, further acknowledges their selfless role played in the Muslim community. And I so move that the house salutes and honor the Tukamanis. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any objections to the motion? Honorable members, we're still here. The orders are still continuing. We are not done yet. Please. Uh, no objection to Al Jama, and uh, the motion is thus agreed to. ANC. Uh, thank you, House Chair. The African National uh, Congress moves uh, without notice that the House notes that the United Nations, UN, celebrates the International Day of Sign Languages on the 23rd of September each year. Further notes that the International Day of Sign Languages is celebrated on this day since the World Federation of the Deaf uh, at FWD was founded on this day in 1951. Acknowledges that there are over 72 million deaf individuals in the world and there are over 300 distinct sign languages used by them across the world. But international sign language is one used by deaf people in international meetings and informally when traveling and socializing. Further acknowledges that the International Day of Sign Languages is a unique opportunity to support and protect the linguistic identity of cultural diversity of all deaf people and other sign language users and calls on all citizens to work together hand in hand to promote the recognition of the use of sign languages in all areas. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any objections to the motion? No objections agreed to. That concludes motions without notice. The last item on the order paper is notices of motion. Member of the ANC who wishes to make a notice of a motion. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates addressing the issue of illegal migration and illicit trafficking of goods in the vulnerable segments of the border law enforcement area. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. The DA? Islam, running through. Oh. And then we have the... Bawungwa, Dala sukfu Vala. Vala. The DA, please. It's not working. Okay. Yeah, move next door. It's fine. Thank you, Chairperson. Here we go again. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move that this house at its next sitting debate, the South African Police Services inability to stem the ever-rising crime wave and its devastating impact on the country. I so move. Thank you. EFF? 
Thank you, House Chair. I rise on behalf of the EFF for the House to debate in its next sitting the deplorable state of municipalities in the Northwest province. Municipalities in that dysfunctional province are plagued with by, by leadership instability, lack of accountability, and little to no service delivery. Weak financial controls, continued over-reliance on consultants, deteriorating financial health, which leads in service delivery delay, and the recycling of failed municipal managers who came through Section 139.1b of the, of the provincial intervention. I so move. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in the next sitting, the House debates science, technology, innovation are important factors to promote and achieve employment, taking South Africa out of poverty and reducing inequality. Thank you very much, House Chair. Thank you. IFP. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. Noting and notwithstanding that all rights and freedoms are constitutionally enshrined and entrenched, I hereby move on behalf of the mighty Nkata Freedom Party, William Tlatuze, that at its next sitting, the House debates the responsibilities and accountability associated with rights to prevent the abuse and or negligent application and exercise of rights and constitutional freedoms. I so move. Thank you. FF Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby give notice that on the next sitting of the House, I shall move on behalf of the Freedom Front Plus that the House debates with possible solutions to address the critical water shortages experienced by certain areas of Polokwana and Limpopo due to Lepela Northern Water's inability to repair the water supply to these communities. I so move. Thank you. Thank you. Order, honorable members. What is... Mm -mm. Can you please switch off that mic there? Honorable Fandek, yes, please. Order, honorable members. ANC. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates the acceleration of the implementation um, of the three-stream curriculum model of basic education. I so move, Chair. Thank you. The ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the ACDP. Wait, wait, uh, Reverend. Niemann, as I believe. Uh, proceed. The ACDP will move at the next sitting of the House that the House debates the recent announcement by Stats South Africa that GDP contracted by 0.7% in the second quarter of this year and the impact that this contraction will have on public finances, job creation and poverty alleviation in the country. Thank you. UDM. House, House Chair, thank you and sorry, sorry for earlier. House Chair, I shall move at the next sitting of the House that the House debates the lack of maintenance of the water infrastructure in many parts of the rural Eastern Cape, which leads to lack of water in those areas. Thank you. Thank you. ATM. The DA. 
aus Chairperson Ayerba Mu vom behalf of the Democratic Alliance. Honorable 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 I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next sitting, the House debates how the rolling electricity blackout exacerbates food insecurity and hampers teaching and learning at institutions of higher learning. I so move. Thank you. The EFF? Chairperson, I stand on behalf of EFF that in the next sitting, the house debate about the suffering of the people of Free State, Malutia Pofung in particular, Kwakwa, that under the government of democracy, people are still drinking water with pigs and kettles and are not having electricity even if there is no load shedding, let alone the spillages. I saw more. Thank you. Sibiza Nileyoko Nayaga House Whip. Ikonaga house whip, Sivizan. ANC. Thank you, Chairperson. I, I move on behalf of the African National Congress that the House, in its next sitting, debates a review of homeschooling. Thank you. Good. NFP. NFP. Okay. There, I see that the host has disabled me, but that's fine. Order, uh, honorable members, honorable Mansur, wait a bit. We must okay. hear the motions. They must go into the recordings. Please, we can hear. Uh, proceed, honorable uh, Mansur. Yeah, Chairperson, I'm going to apologize. I think my video, it says the host has disabled me, so I don't know. But anyway, on behalf of the National, on behalf of the NFP, I move that it's next sitting. This house deliberates on the abuse, harassment, intimidation, rape, and murder of Palestinian people by Israel and resolves to downgrade the South African embassy in Israel to a liaison office at such time. Israel stops the hostilities against the Palestinian people respects the rights of Palestinian people who have been dispossessed from the land property to exist and complies with all international agreements adhered to ISOMU. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates defining the role of arts, culture, and heritage in the transformation of society. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you. The AIC. COPE. The ANC. House Chair, I hereby move on behalf of the gigantic ANC that in its next uh, sitting house, it debates the, the pursuing of progressive internationalism in a changing world. So I move. 
Thank you. I need man. Bah. A G A. Achie hiermee namens die Democratische Alliantie kennis dat jij met de volgende zitting en debat voor over die gebrekkige toestand van municipale infrastructuur met specifieke verwijzing naar die gebrekkige water en rioel infrastructuur in Kamisberg municipale area. Ik stel zo voor. Thank you. PAC Al Jama. Thank you very much, Honorable Auschie. Honorable Auschie, Al Jama moves that the presidential renewal plan promised in 2013 be presented to the El Dorado Park five NGOs fighting drugs and gangsterism. Thank you very much. Thank you. ANC. Thank you. Thank you, Auschie and honorable members. I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress that this house in the next sitting debate the evolution of broadcasting from traditional means of transmission to technological advance. Can I be protected, Chair? Stel the answer. Can an honorable to technological advance forms that is digital broadcasting and new platforms. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you. Honorable members, that concludes notices of motion and the business for the day. The House is adjourned. Thank you. Hey, Mbube. You can sing, Mbube, now. <laughs>